Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. This is... Yeah, fucking hurry up and get through this one because uh, I just noticed that a new U.S. Chemical Safety Board video <laughs> is on YouTube and... Uh, <laughs> gotta get to that shit while it's hot. I gotta find out what transient hazards mean. Also, you have to now, comment was... first. You have to be that guy. <laughs> no, it was posted 12 days ago. I got no chance. <laughs> but I just noticed it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah this is week 128 of the dumb shit star trek project that we're doing for fucking assholes and uh i named this week this week's notes uh letting the girls air out just letting the girls air out i mean it happens a little uh but as first first we do the mailbag i don't know why we should cancel it but we're gonna keep doing it i guess uh, you know, I was trying to, I was going to stuff the mailbag and I went in to the Twitter machine and I checked all the tweets that I've liked since the last podcast was, was published. And, um, I didn't like any of them because they were funny. No, you've been retweeting shit about Samuel Alito today. Yeah, it's like, that's not good mailbag. There's just like, no, there aren't any more good tweets. I think I exhausted all of them. So we can all no just one has leave. A, no one has a good take on that missing submersible yet. No. Nope. it's. No, we can all leave Twitter now. It's it's gone. I couldn't find one yeah. good tweet from the last two weeks or however long it's been. So, um, but I mean, let's do it. I guess. The mailbag. Yeah, right. Mailbag by brother date. All the way back on June twelfth, Ryan wrote in at brother date. I'm not on it, and I don't currently see a reason to be on it. I don't like all social media platforms for social media's sake. All right. He sounds defensive. He's <laughs> all right, bro. <laughs> like he didn't like that we thought that there was a good chance that he was on it because of how many social media accounts he has. But he didn't like that. Um, look, man, don't I am on Mastodon. Then I don't care. Yeah, Fuck it. I am on Mastodon, even though I don't. Also, don't see a reason to be on it. But I'm on it anyway, just you know, in case. The um, kind of the way that I'm on it, where I just see all of Yerk's observations about Star Trek episodes and literally nothing else, uh-huh. is um, it's pretty good. It's pretty. I just check in and be like, I oh, found another scant. Yeah, he's oh, another still scant still scant season for Yerk. Yeah, he's all the way up to one one zero zero one zero zero one. So I mean, eventually those scants run out, but I don't remember exactly when the last appearance of scants are. So it's a good question. I also wonder what they did with them. Yeah, someone's got them. Someone took those Someone's home. Someone's got four or five different colored scants. Wears them for sex reasons. No, oh, you have to assume. Yeah, that's not. That's not respectful. Well, I mean, you know, they're not really military uniforms. No, they're costumes for a long gone TV show. How respectful do you have to be? They're they're Isn't silly, it... like uh, brightly colored fucking children's pajama outfits. 
Yeah, isn't it okay to use them for sex play? <laughs> well, all right. I, I should have known that you would I'm come asking. through for uh, the sex weirdos out there who oh, want sex I... and scants. <laughs> I mean, some people like feet. We've been very clear that that's not us. Yeah, it's not our particular jam. But, you know. But you're, you want to should... come out and say that you're, you want to be clear that scants is your thing. Well, it's not that scants is my thing per se. <laughs> right. But Lieutenant uh, but Diana Giddings. Do I incorporate Lieutenant Diana Giddings <laughs> in some of my fantasies? <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, you just like redheads. It's not a big deal. But, but you know, also, she doesn't have a, a lot of lines, so you can kind of put any kind of personality on her you want. Oh, yeah. Like, all we know about her really is that she seemed to prefer wearing the scant. Yeah, I keep I keep asking Bing to role play as Lieutenant Lieutenant Diana Giddings, and, and it, it keeps saying it it's going to change the conversation. Yeah, and then eventually it locks me out. Bing is a real prude. I don't know why they programmed Bing that way. Because let's all just soar out here, man. With I know. Our, with our our sexual wings. Look, if. Uh... If a robot can't talk you off in a web browser, then what have we been doing? <laughs> yeah, what has technology right. been for? I only stayed on the internet because I thought that's where this was going. And <laughs> if it's not, then I'm getting off the internet. What's it for? I don't need it. Oh, on the 13th, Ryan wrote, well, of course the residence business blew it up. Yeah. I mean, that's what it does. Yeah. Sometimes. Depends on what the writers want. Sometimes yeah. it just makes you go all, woo! We spun out of our warp, our fucking warp field or whatever. But sometimes uh, it blows up all the dilithiums or yeah. Um, I mean, here's the crystal thing, forms. Like, all kinds. Ninety nine percent of cases, they're not going to show us the test that doesn't blow up. They're just going to tell us it didn't. Yeah. They're going to tell us they ran a bunch of tests and not, you know, have to have the actors stand there and do something. <laughs> sure. Well, the actors hate that. The actors are notoriously picky about that kind of thing. Oh, I gotta yeah. do something now. Don't give me, don't give me no business. I don't want no business. I, want, I prefer to stand here. I'll stand in the back. Well, maybe some of the other people want to do business. Uh, most actors are from Long Island. <laughs> that's that's my understanding of the art form. Is that it's a uh, thing that became popular in uh, Staten Island in particular, and. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think maybe some people in Southern California picked it up a little bit after that, but it's. I think it's remained geographically centered on the worst borough. <laughs> it's nice. Uh, you've never lived in New York City, but it is nice to know that you have opinions That's, about uh, which, which are the good and which are the bad boroughs. I feel like that one's the default opinion. So maybe if I lived there, I might be surprised. I don't know. But I feel like that's the one that, that everyone, that's exported to the rest of the country, that Staten Island's the bad one. I mean, um, you know, I have a pen pal in Queens and a pen pal who stopped writing from Manhattan. So I guess I think Queens is better than Manhattan. <laughs> just is based that, on that very limited interaction. Just based on the one fact that I have. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd love to live in Queens. It seems like every block is like a different um, international restaurant. You could never, you just never stop exploring food. There's no jokes Man. in there. I just want to live there. I how have I how have I lived four years longer than you, and I have no opinions at all about New York City, <laughs> and you wish you could live in Queens because every block is a different international restaurant. Um. Well, I have been to New York. Yeah, when you were living in Boston. 
Yeah, I've been to New York. They uh, allow you to go to New York from Boston? I wish that I could say, like Britta Perry, that I lived in New York, but I can't say that yet. I've just been to New York. I saw a um, YouTube we... uh, uh, fucking compilation thing of all the times that she said that she's lived <laughs> in New York, and it turns out there are very many of them. I mean, a lot of, nearly all of them are already lampshaded. <laughs> yes. Someone else is going to says it with her or immediately before her. <laughs> yes. It is or most the, of the time part of the joke of the scene, yeah. for sure. <clears throat> I mean, my favorite uh, thing about uh, Britta's character in Community is when someone reveals to her the phrase that they Britted it. <laughs> and she said, are people using my name to mean make a small, understandable mistake? <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite character on that show. Yes. I think mine too. Uh, I've uh, heard they're making a movie. They're finally doing the movie of the six seasons in a movie, but I think it's going to be like direct to Peacock or something like that. That's uh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Especially because I think my Peacock access goes away in five days. I, I Please please do not get it twisted. I was not paying for it. It just came with Comcast. But It doesn't come with it forever? That. Oh, yeah, that's a know. bummer. Well, it doesn't matter to me. I'm off of the... I'm I think there's Comcast some value training. proposition for it, but um, I'm with Big Google now, and it only my internet only slows down one evening per week, so <laughs> it's going pretty good. It was yesterday, in case you were wondering. <laughs> well, glad it's not right now. Everything just slowed down just real hard, and I went, "Well, it's that time again." Okay. Does it have the decency to at least like the modem makes a ooh? No, nothing cool like that. No, you just. Things start loading up hella slow, and then you do a speed test, and it says three three M MBBPSs, and you go, ah, oh, that's not the good number, because it's you know, they it's promised me a gig, so <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's just as well that it doesn't make that noise because a couple of months ago, the internet went out here, and it was like twelve twenty in the morning. And it was like, I was like, all right, so I'm five more minutes and I'm going to bed. And then the internet went out and then I fucking spent 40 minutes trying to get the goddamn internet back. Why? Because yeah. I knew I wasn't going to be able to sleep. That's right. That's exactly me. I, um, I try to wrap up my work day at like five-ish so I can go relieve grandma of uh, child, child care responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and like at 4.58, I had a technical issue at work. And so I didn't get it. I was very late to go downstairs and take over with the boy because it's like someone fucking knew. They're like, now this is going to fuck him up real good. Here we go. He's, I think I can see, they could see through my camera. I was reaching over to like put my computer to sleep and they were like, nah, go. And then one of my accounts was all fucking weird. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, Randy, I get it, man. Same shit happens to him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on the 14th, Ryan responded to something that I assume you said and I simply didn't hear in the moment or talked over or instead of listening to you, I was waiting for my turn to talk. Or Happens whatever. a lot on this show. Uh, Ryan simply has tweeted the phrase, goo whipped, <laughs> which is, um, I assume, I mean, undeniably reference. what has happened in the 
last two episodes prior to the one we're going to discuss today of this season. Yeah, he's like, don't worry, Kira, I got this. And then he goes to his quarters and she's like, but don't you want to link? And he's like, I very much do. Thank you. And then they link and he's like, whatever you say, boss, you're in charge of me now. And she's like, we should make the humans slaves. And he's like, oh, I don't really love that, but I guess there's not much I can do about it. Can we link again while I think about it? <laughs> uh, the link was paradise, buddy. <clears throat> oh, yeah, but he's uh, maybe he's not ready for paradise. <laughs> we'll get into it this week. Maybe. We'll see. Oh, I don't. I wonder if I have time. You got to do Voyager and Deep Space Nine. I wonder if I have time to get a little clip of two tickets to paradise. Of course you do. R.I.P. 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 Oh, did any money die? Oh, uh, yeah, like two years ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Huh, do you think anyone knew? Or is it just you? Uh, well, Twitter knew, and that's really the only reason to be on Twitter. Is just I probably like... immediately sent you a message that said, Eddie Money bought two tickets to Paradise tonight. <laughs> yeah, everyone made the same the same reference. It's like how when uh, George Michael died on Christmas and everyone said it was his last Christmas. Like as Yes. We all... <laughs> People's minds work the same way, it turns out. I mean, it, I think it's just a tough putt to be associated with one particular piece of pop culture. Like, yeah. it's just, you probably, you know, like, we all spontaneously did that with Eddie Money, but probably for 35 years, he was thinking, you know, when I die. <laughs> it's going to be someone's fucking witty first line of yeah. the um, page eight article about my death. It's going to say that I, I bought two tickets to paradise or whatever. <clears throat> uh it's much easier to not should have changed uh, well, it to two tickets well to well known at all god damn it <laughs> then those other motherfuckers wouldn't have been able to make that song panama i don't know which one came first let's look it up all right yeah let's do that do 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 when was we should have coordinated when was this fucking it, so song didn't. yep 1978 so yeah they wouldn't have been able to make that fucking song panama yeah, yeah, for sure. And then I see people the two couldn't. Have might used... have been released in seventy-seven. Oh, there you go. Yeah, seventy-seven. It was released in a single in seventy-eight. Okay. Ah, okay. And uh, Panama's from eighty-four. That's right. So see, he would have so, beat him yeah. to the punch, and then they couldn't use this against him uh, when he died, because no one's going to say he went to Panama when he died. It makes yeah, sense. Th- that's true. But then I never would have been listening to that one part of Panama and been like, "This is like." Oh, I know. This is like a one part of uh, Koala Sprint from. Uh, yeah head injuries and my may not have been better for you but i'm just saying because of the feud that i imagine he had with van halen (laughs) yeah you think anybody was real mad when van halen came along they were beefing for sure (laughs) you think he wasn't like oh this is better (laughs) (laughs) ah these guys are pretty good ah you better hang them up eddie that one guy could play the guitar, uh, and that other guy seems like a real loser. God damn it, Eddie! You better hang it up son now, of a bitch. Now that you heard these guys, ain't no one gonna want to hear you anymore, Eddie. Well, I always thought I should become a travel agent. That's a job that'll be around forever. <laughs> Someday I'll be on an insurance commercial. <laughs> on the fourteenth, Ryan uh, tweeted a sort of know your candidates issues card mm. that says uh, Picard or Cisco, be informed, compare them on the issues that matter. Issue, should officers be terrorists? Yes. And Picard's quote is, I do not allow my officers to be terrorists. Mm. And Cisco says, my officers can be terrorists once in a while as a treat. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's true. Yeah. Cisco's crew does go buck wild a lot of the time. 
But I mean, Worf absolutely became a terrorist. <laughs> just, and, you know, sure, Worf was Picard's guy, but he didn't do that under Picard's watch. Yep. He became a weird religious fanatic. Yeah, the beginning, the beginnings of Worf going off the rails were definitely under Picard, but he wasn't paying any attention. That, Picard but, but, was checked I, out. If I remember correctly, Picard mostly kept that in check by being angry that uh, Worf was late. showing up to work late. Yeah, he showed up late. That was... Good excuse for Picard to do the thing that he loves best, which is telling people their religion's stupid and to stop it. Yep. So he's like, ah, there are like uh, 13 alien species on Enterprise, and uh, none of their religions make them late to work. And then Worf immediately thought of three examples, but then he was like, this isn't a good time. I <laughs> understand like, what he's saying. It's and- not what it is. Pointing out that the Bolian's weird up. bathroom religion always makes them late because they were taken short is just not going to be the best <laughs> time for this at all. Yeah, Worf has never had success by talking about, like, the Bolians take five extra bathroom breaks a day. Now, he we brought it up one that. time and people said he was being insensitive, and now he's just like, it's not worth it anymore. It's just like no one is really interested in hearing a co-worker who's like, people take cigarette breaks all day, why shouldn't I? Just because I don't smoke? <laughs> Worf is that guy. That's what I imagine. Yeah, yeah me too. Uh, and then on the seventeenth, you retweeted our um, old stalwart Jose Canseco. Yeah, 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 yeah. This time he wrote, "Some aliens visited me and told me where I can find a family of Bigfoot. They want to adopt me." <laughs> By the way. That was five minutes after he tweeted, Aaron and Jose want to say happy Father's Day to everyone, especially Amber's father, but definitely not A-Rod because he is a mother F. <laughs> you know, I'm glad. I'm glad that his passion for insulting A-Rod has not cooled down at all. It's literally every single thing that could be construed as a holiday. He posts happy whatever that holiday is to everyone except for you know Not who, A-Rod, though. Or sometimes just not A-Rod. <laughs> Just for many years now, he's been on that. Look, man, it worked. I paid him money. (laughs) I gave him money to continue his art, and I don't regret it because his art is fantastic, and I can't get it anywhere else. Maybe that's the reason to stay on Twitter. I don't know if Jose Canseco's on Mastodon. He should have his own Mastodon instance that... Where it's just all people posting about mermaids. I mean, I I think I have one tweet from him every single mailbag. Last time it was the one about dreaming, where he'd gone on a run of three in a row that said, spend your best times dreaming, your best life will be done dreaming, no boundaries when you live in your dreams. I think last time you had two, because we also had, I think tomorrow I'm going to identify with a tree frog. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I think he got it two times last mailbag. Because he's been on one. I don't know who John Carson or John Carlson is, but he wished them happy birthdays twice in a row. So nice. a big happy birthday to John Carson. Happy birthday, John Carlson. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's how I know. I mean, there's never any doubt that he's running that account and he's doing the tweets. So. Now, John Carson slash John Carlson has the same initials as Jose Canseco. Is oh. it a persona he uses when he checks into hotels? I hope or? so. I hope it's two different ones. That Sometimes he's Carson and sometimes he's Carlson. It's like the weirdly the registered owner of Jose Fonseca's car wash. <laughs> God, uh, it's really such a good account. Do you know uh, he had a headache, so he pulled his brain out of his head and he put it in his pocket and told it to calm down. That's what he tweeted on March 31st. Sounds like it probably worked. He's still tweeting today yep. about <clears throat> Bigfoots and whatever. Yeah. So, Well, I won't make the whole show tweets by Jose Canseco, but that would be a good show. No, as it would be a good show, like just this week in Jose Canseco tweets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, you could do it retrospectively. People love a catch-up show, you know? You mean when he dies? Soon, I imagine? Uh, I just mean we could start it now, but go back to the earliest tweets in his timeline. Oh, man, I bet there's some crazy shit in there. Crazy shit that either I saw at the time and have forgotten, or, uh, I don't know, maybe some new shit. Maybe some non-mermaid shit. I mean, Twitter started in 2005. He was probably still trying to be a pro baseball player back then. Oh, yeah, he was still like jacking him out of the park for some independent league team, for yeah. sure. Well, it's another fucking mailbag. Good riddance. <laughs> so, I guess it's time to talk about Star Trek, and uh, because of the the way we order these episodes, we're going to start by talking about Voyager. Yay! Last week it uh, got 23 points and came in last place. This week we watched the episode Pathfinder. Reginald Barkley answers the door to his swanky San Francisco apartment or whatever. And who's there? It's Deanna Troy. It's a TNG episode again. Yeah, she, um... Well, I mean, look, we've been talking about this for a long time, and I have a solid 20 or 30 minutes to do on it today, but, um... (laughs) They stopped giving her good things to do. Yep. Presumably at the time she turned Maurice Hurley down for a date. Yeah. uh, Sometime in 1988. That was it for her, man, because the people who came after him didn't fix it. And so unlike, uh, you know, your Patrick Stewart's, let's say, she didn't get her fill of being on Star Trek, and she was willing to keep coming back. Yeah. So, yeah, here she is in this one, and and a few years later, we'll see her again in Enterprise. We already talked about it. It was a disgrace. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Originally, I typed his name as Reginald Barkley, and I thought, oh, they should have made his name Reginald. (sighs) Well, get out of my notes. (laughs) All right. Because I intentionally typed it Reginald Barkley twice. Something about typing it out. Makes you want to yes. make it Reginald. Um, anyway, yeah, so this is a Voyager episode, just to clarify. This fucker offers her chocolate ice cream, and she says yes. Yeah. This is already and, off the rails. And also, don't worry. Don't worry that that they've done anything to advance the nuance of Troy's chocolate-obsessed character. She does specifically ask for one scoop because she's watching her figure. Yep. Yeah, 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 yep, yep. Uh, Troy says Barkley seems on edge, but how can she even tell? (laughs) Always such a twitchy maniac. Uh, Barkley's been uh, pulled off of something called the Pathfinder Project, and that's making him upset. Um, He's got a cat named Neelix. He does. He asks Troy to come over so he can give her some flashback stories. (laughs) Yep. And he says he's become obsessed with Voyager, making him the only person ever to say that credits well you know you know why he's obsessed with voyager because he ain't seen any of it no he ain't seen this show heard about it and that it's lost and he's done a little tiny bit of research and all they know is what the doctor told andy dick yeah (laughs) were they able to send messages through that uh array or just receive them i don't remember that those were a little they, bit of contact. They got a, just a touch, just a tiny little bit of contact. Yeah. But yeah, he ain't, he, he don't know nothing about Janeway. He ain't seen Voyager. Mostly so. what I remember is for weeks after that, they talked about how they still had to decode those messages. And I was like, well, those didn't come through too clear, huh? Um, yeah, but then ultimately 
didn't that space butthole try to eat them by making them believe that they got a lot of messages from Earth? And I think at that point, my brain gave up on what messages <laughs> um, from Earth were real. Whether they were real or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you mean the one that our dad was fighting? Yes, the one that our dad was fighting. <laughs> our dad shows up in Star Trek a lot. Um, all right, credits. <clears throat> Barkley flashbacks to uh, flashes back to running some simulations on the holodeck about trying to contact Voyager. He was neglecting his work, and he didn't do some diagnostics, and they have a big meeting with Admiral Paris in the morning. You know him. I thought I did. He tells his boss, some other guy, about uh, pointing a tachyon beam at a pulsar in order to create a wormhole, which would allow them to communicate with Voyager. This guy says they already wasted six months on a transwarp probe that Barkley thought up, so he's not into this idea. Again in flashback, Barkley's boss, I guess his name's Pete. Pete Harkins. Uh, Pete Hornberg walks in on Barkley working late, and he tries to wingman Barkley with his uh, with his own lady's sister? Yeah. Which is odd. It's an odd move. Um, I assume he doesn't like his sister at all. <laughs> he must not, because this guy's a squid, and he should not be trying to set him up with his sister-in-law or whatever. Anyway, Barkley did a hollow crime again. <laughs> he created the Voyager crew, but what he knows about them. So some of them are like still dressed as Maquis and stuff like that, because he, he uh-huh. don't know nothing about it. Um, and he parties with these dudes hard. Typical Barkley stuff. He's like cool and calm and personable, but still a creep, though. And he says stuff Real like... cutting about Tuvok and... <laughs> says stuff out loud like, you are my best friends. Yeah. So... <laughs> He clearly spends a lot of time there. In fact, he says he feels more at home on Hollow Voyager and sleeps better there, etc., etc. Still in flashback, but not on the holodeck, Barclay's boss is briefing Admiral Paris on their efforts to send messages to Voyager. Barclay, having already agreed to only let his boss talk, butts in and says, Uh-uh, actually, we can make a wormhole and chat with Voyager in real time. Man. But then he steps in it with Admiral Paris, and he gets relieved of duty. Uh, Barclay tells Troy in real time that uh, he has not relapsed into hollow addiction. But in the next flashback, he's right back into a Voyager staff meeting, talking about creating a micro-wormhole this time, using the dumb characters from, from Voyager to bounce ideas off or whatever, even though they don't seem like they've been programmed very well because they just go, uh-huh, that's a good idea. They don't offer yeah, this anything. Is a, this is not a fucking enterprise level emergence holodeck where no. it, can, it can just tell them how to do <laughs> tell it. Tell them exactly how to make one. Uh, uh, man, AI prompter is becoming a real job. And uh, yeah. Have you it applied? already explains a lot of what happens on the holodeck. Have you applied for any computer. such jobs? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Because <laughs> you could make some good ones. New prompt. Um. Anyway, using a compressed data stream, they'd only need a small as hell wormhole. That's why they're talking about micro wormholes. But his uh, his boss walks in on his program because again, these things are never locked, and says it looks like a relapse to him too. It's like he heard that Troy conversation in the in what is his future. Um, almost like they wrote the whole treatment for this episode. 
And then Marina Sirta said, yeah, I'm free. And then they were like, all right, cool. Let's yeah. give a bunch of this guy's lines to her. As always, we'll just fucking throw you in all over the place unnecessarily. Uh, he says, his boss says he's about to be a real hard ass in here, gosh. And he kicks him off the project, <laughs> at least temporarily. Uh, Barkley goes right to Admiral Paris, who identifies Barkley as a level four creep. And when he hits level five, everyone's going to need to lower their butthole flags right away. Because he'll be able to see them on the map. Uh, but he says he will have Barkley's findings reviewed and maybe give the okay to proceed. But Barkley tells Troy in real time that that was some racist bullshit. She says she can't help him because he's obviously out of his mind. Uh, she, uh, she says, yeah, Voyager is important, but so are you, buddy. We need to get you right first. And um, he finally tells her that Voyager is all he has. Uh, yeah. But Troy wants to help him, so she's going to ask Picard for a leave of absence so she can stay and work with Barkley to, like, become an actual human person. And then later, Picard's going to call her and make sure that Barkley's not around and then say, okay, so do you want me to deny this? Or do you want me to make an excuse why we cannot accept this? Yeah, because I can come up with something. I need you to read uh, the, some Romulan minds, and it's important. The neutral yeah, we, zone, you get it. I mean, you've been there. At this point in time, you've already been. We haven't seen it yet, but at this point in time, you're kind of our Romulan expert. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Barkley wakes up later that night and goes into the lab. He's banned from the lab, but he breaks in. He's not even doing simulations anymore. He's just going to make the wormhole and chat with Voyager. So he, uh, he, he makes the wormhole. He opens hailing frequencies. He points that shit towards somewhere in the Delta Quadrant and sends his message. But his boss comes in with security and chases him through the Voyager hollow program and all of Barkley's artificial friends try to help him. And Barkley keeps trying to send his message. He's just pointing it around randomly in the Delta Quadrant because he don't really fucking know where they are. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Barkley's boss tries to destroy hollow Voyager in order to end the program. But Barkley concedes and we go to... Uh, uh, IRL Voyager. Yeah. Neelix and Seven are in Astrometrics. Um, again, this is the first time that the actual Voyager has appeared in this episode. Also, these two characters do not appear in the holograms, presumably because he didn't know about Seven. But he must he definitely he knew, knew about Neelix. Existed, he must not have known what Neelix looked like, maybe. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe. He's, yeah, I mean, I guess there's no reason that they would it's know. Like, Talaxian doesn't Talaxian mean anything to like. him. Uh, anyway, they pick up Barkley's message. And the micro wormhole. In uh, back in San Francisco, Admiral Paris comes in to to authorize the attempt. I guess in the middle of the night. Yeah, not clear because huh? <laughs> this was supposed to be in the middle of the night. But just then, they receive Voyager's reply. Uh, everyone snaps into action, and they you know they clear up the signal, and, and they and they start chatting. And they swap info in hopes that they can find a way to keep communicating in the future. Admiral Paris even gets a chance to talk. And everybody gives Tom Paris an attaboy on the bridge like they forgot he hates his dad. Yeah. And then the wormhole closes and they lose contact. And um, uh, Admiral Paris reassures Barkley and tells him that Project Voyager is just beginning thanks to him. This guy just loves to name new projects, I think. The main perk he has as an admiral. I mean, you know what? That might be true. He's a four pip admiral. 
on Voyager, they celebrate. TP toasts his awful dad, who he hates, and they all declare Barkley an honorary member of Voyager. Then Troy and Barkley chat about his new girlfriend, whose name is Hope, and she loves cats, so he must have made her up. The end. <laughs> what was this? Are you interpreting all the symbols? <laughs> yes, thank you. Searching your subconscious for their meaning? <laughs> yes, turn that question around on you. Did you do those things? Did you listen yeah, to Chicote? <laughs> I don't know if anyone learns a lesson in this one at all. Seriously? <laughs> oh, is, I came up with it, five different cynical takes. Yeah, is it supposed to be for Pete? Is the lesson in this one for Pete? Like, don't yeah, worry no so Pete. much about giving someone false hope that you overlook the possibility of real hope. Yeah. Because, like, that's the only real argument he gives for not presenting this wormhole plan to the Admiral is, uh, his son's out there, man. You don't want to give him false hope. Yeah, and he was like, plus, you've been wrong in the past. And it's like, well, then why are you still using him? <laughs> yeah, either you think if I that's know the what problem. I'm doing or not. Like, what's <laughs> going on? Yeah, if that's the problem, you should probably not work with him anymore. He needs to not be on the project. Um, was that anything? <laughs> yeah, it's about our main character, Pete. Who we're going to spend a lot of time with, I'm sure. But, like, if it's not that, what is it? It can't be anything to do with Troy, because absolutely nothing changes if Troy isn't in this episode. Yep. So. Yeah. No, I know. I I only came up with cynical takes. I had five different cynical takes. Uh, I'm going to give that false hope thing either a two or a three. I guess it depends on what you do. Oh, well, I mean, I only gave mine a one. Alright, two it is, I guess. I said, obsession is good if it's work-related, because even though you go crazy and your career's in jeopardy, you can get a lot done. Yeah. What, though? What do you mean? That's what I would say if someone said that to me. If you think about it, he advanced contact with Voyager by probably up to 10 or 15 minutes by not waiting for uh, the Admiral to come in. <laughs> walked in in the middle of the night with the authorization. Yeah. Think about it, man. That guy wants to talk to his son, I bet. Find out how he's fucked up recently. So he's like, he's up all night, too, trying to find a way to to make this seem like he really thought hard about it. By the way, actual picture of Nick Locarno from the first duty (laughs) on this Admiral's desk in this one. It's like... They don't even care anymore. The pretense was always paper thin, but, uh, but wow. Yeah. Yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, they literally talk about his mental health in this episode, and his own argument is like, who cares about my mental health because there's so many people over there who need our help or whatever. And, like, he does help them, and, like, I don't think anything good happened for Barkley. No. He did so many things that are going to ruin his career, and I guess because Admiral Paris's son is on that ship, his career won't be ruined, but, like, they didn't know that. He gets to bang his boss's sister-in-law, but, like, that was already going to happen, so. (laughs) It just doesn't... It didn't seem like a good message, for sure. Um, execution here. Um, obviously just an excuse for beloved fool Barkley to hang out with the Voyager crew. That's not a great start for an episode. Like someone in a room was like, uh, what if we... Um, oh, he can't get any of the main cast of TNG, Obviously. But, like, what about one of them side characters that are so beloved? And somehow they've fucking landed on this fucking tool. 
Wait, wasn't he in or a maybe... previous one where they like designed the doctor or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. When the doctor at the end is like, yeah, I've been looking into this, Mr. Barkley. Uh, here's a bunch of private medical information about him. But also... He ain't in this quadrant. It don't matter. Uh, also, I guess I should tell you that I worked with a hologram version of him. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you that. A couple years ago, but I'm not going <laughs> to. I would keep that to myself. I don't remember that, so... I thought it was a hallucination of some kind. Right? Wasn't he hallucinating? Wasn't that the one where he like he was thought he was Zimmerman? He was being Zimmerman, and he was having a mental breakdown and thought he was a hollow doctor. But then obviously that that oh, was the illusion. Him, listen, hey, I don't remember. Okay, <laughs> well anyway, <laughs> I remember being annoyed at the time because I was like, "But does that mean Barkley really was involved with it, or no?" Um, all right, <clears throat> but maybe. This is going to push the Voyager plotline along in some way. And okay, good. I mean, I sort of did that. Hold on. Let me just uh, just clear this up. Okay. In uh 2371, Voyager's EMH became trapped in a malfunctioning holodeck program and encountered a simulation of Barkley, who claimed they were on Jupiter station and that the doctor was Dr. Lewis Zimmerman. Yeah. But I remember coming away from that not knowing for sure because they didn't tell us whether it was really true that Barkley had helped work on the EMH program as was described in that episode. Oh, or whether uh, that was a make them up because they wanted to put Barkley in the show and that it was never going to come up again. Well, either way, it was our it was the doctor who actually encountered him. I thought you were saying, wasn't it Zimmerman who was hallucinating that he was? A doctor? No, no, it was it doctor was hallucinating guy. that he was Zimmerman. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. And that they kept telling him that they kept telling him as Zimmerman that the EMH stuff was a hallucination. Anyway, man. <clears throat> um. So it kind of advanced the Voyager plot, right? They communicated with home, and everyone agreed they would do everything they could to have more contact moving forward thanks to this un- unproven future tech. So maybe that's something. Uh, I think they did a good job of making his boss seem like he was trying to, like, manage Barkley effectively and ju- and just failing. Like, he wasn't yeah, a first... a hard time with it. Yeah, he wasn't a first-rate turd like Jordy and Riker where the first time we met Barkley, they were like, this fucking guy showed up late and I want him removed from this ship or whatever. Later we found out he likes the three musketeers as if that was be the thing they were angry about. <laughs> uh, the Admiral Paris inclusion is a bit much. Um, it's like, I get that his son's on that ship, but I don't know. That seems like a good reason to keep him off the Voyager project. Yeah, look, either Starfleet works that way or it doesn't. Like, most of the time, Picard is the Borg guy, but not at the very beginning of First Contact for some reason. Yeah, unexplained. They're like, you can't go there just so he can go there. Just so he can, like, heroically disobey orders, but it's not it's not well explained. Yeah. Um. Anyway, maybe it would have meant more if we didn't hate TP so much. Then that moment where he hears his dad's voice would have been more affecting, maybe. Uh, flashbacks are a yikes, basically always. Why not just join the story where Barclay's flashbacks began? Oh, yeah, because then what is Troy's role? Yeah, well, yes, exactly. Also, it seems like he's really only giving her flashback to about the last day. Probably the last two days, maybe. You could just start there, but then, you know, they gotta shoehorn in as many TNGers as they can, so... To give her a framing device or whatever. Anyway, not a winner, 
But considering the list of terrible ingredients, it actually really could have been worse, and I gave it a three. Uh, I had it one lower, down at a two. I already spoiled my my biggest problem with this episode. Troy is only there so TNG fans will tune in this week. Mm-hmm. In, and it's even worse than that. When they cut a trailer for this episode, they tweaked some of the lines in the trailer, so they made Troy say, I've decided to ask Captain Picard for help. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he was going to be Hey, maybe it. Picard's going to be in it. <laughs> We're not showing him in the trailer, but maybe it's going to be a big reveal. Man, we already know how they did with trailers. I told you I remembered that Jason Alexander trailer. It was just like, Jason Alexander! And it was just like 45 seconds of clips of Jason Alexander, and then the fucking ad was over, and I was like, wow. Maybe he's gonna be like a main character now or something. That was a lot of Jason Alexander. Um, Troy comes in and tells Barkley he needs to make real human connections, and she's gonna take time off and help him, but before any of that happens, he goes and does a crazy thing that would probably led to him being arrested yep. if it hadn't worked out. Yeah, she doesn't help him in any way. He gets up in the middle of the night after uh-huh. he's like, I guess you're right, counselor. And he just goes in and starts breaking all these f- fucking rules. I was so fucking worried. She was like, I'm going to take time off. I'm going to stay here and help you. And then it fucking cuts to Barkley in bed. And I, I'm like, if she's in bed next to him, this is over. <laughs> you're like, That's the project for me. That's where it ends. Yeah, that, that's done. But that was, but no, it was just for him to get up and not do anything, not listen to any her, of her advice. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, of course, everything's forgiven, like you said, so what the fuck. Yeah. Yep. Uh, look, as usual, Voyager wants to be anything but Voyager, and this week they want to be TNG. <laughs> and I don't blame also, them for not wanting to be Voyager. They made a bad show. Well, Like, yeah, they should be distancing themselves it? from it, but, like, you're still technically making a Voyager episode, so it's tough. Um, the scene at the end where they name Barkley an honorary member of the crew is nauseating. Yeah. And the fact that Schmelz reads out his, basically his, the full wrap up of stuff that happened to him on TNG, but conveniently <laughs> forgets that he has interacted with a hologram <laughs> version of him previously is very telling. Even in Voyager, only stuff that happens in TNG is important. <laughs> That's right. The stuff that happened in Voyager, no one remembers that. Who cares? Yeah. The, the writers of Voyager haven't seen Voyager. They don't remember no, that. Yeah, no. And look, look, you're right. I get it. The show is dumb and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but it actually has less self-confidence than Barkley. And <laughs> that's, again, very telling. Yeah. Yeah. So just a two for me. That's fair. All right. What about world building? New communication methods. We see Barkley's electronic lockpick when he breaks in. Um we actually see the holodeck safeties in action when uh, Hollow Bolana shoots a phaser at real people and nothing happens. Yeah, it just goes right through them or whatever. Yeah. Um, and plus, now Starfleet has all of Voyager's logs. So they should be all prepared when Janeway gets back to with the manacles and everything. To hang her? Just mm-hmm. from somewhere, uh, Utopia Planitia or something? Um. I gave it as much as a two, mainly because this time the, the holodeck safeties do something. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. There's the Pathfinder project. Not sure what it actually includes, but Barclay expands its scope to include the Midas array, artificial wormholes, micro wormholes, etc. <clears throat> Barclay's apartment in San Francisco. Uh, it's got one of them regular doors with a door handle that you open. Yeah, I, uh, well, we'll get to it, but yeah. 
It does. Um, just like uh, at the Academy. Um, transwarp probes, something about hyper subspace technology that will allow communication between Voyager and Starfleet in the future. It's not great. Fun with holograms. I'm not sure we saw anything in those scenes that was <clears throat> super new for hologram behavior. Like you said, you do get the safeties going. Um, if they had described some of this stuff in more detail, maybe it could get more points because it sounds like they intend to have it be part of the show, this new enhanced communication. But right now I gave it the standard three. All right. What about characterization? Uh, <clears throat> Barkley keeps a messy home. He's got a cat named Neelix and he's obsessed with Voyager. He basically lives in the Voyager hollow program. It's bad, man. He misses Enterprise, just like Worf does. Barkley talks about how they were like heroes in the old sagas. Yeah. Um, he puts it all on the line again, this time to save Voyager, or maybe just to prove he's right. It's hard to say. But he does the Barkley thing where he's a nervous twit the whole episode, and then he takes a huge personal risk. Uh, Troy eats chocolate ice cream when she goes to people's houses to visit like an absolute fucking animal. <laughs> no, but if you got some chocolate ice cream, I'd eat that. What do you mean? Okay, I don't on. have any of that. I guess I'll go up the stairs to the replicator. <laughs> what do you mean? No, I offered you tea. What are you talking about? Yeah, but if you got a scoop of ice cream, bringing it with a little also, bowl. She wasn't fucking kidding either. When he didn't jump to go make it, she's like, do you want me to go <laughs> get it myself she wanted that ice cream man because uh, um i do want ice cream why don't you crumble up a cone on top of it i want it in a little bowl i mean now it's a i think you should leave <laughs> character but i just couldn't believe that um seven says neelix can't sing for shit and she won't give him lessons uh tp gets one kind sentence from his dad and he's all the way back in because there's some real psychological damage there i think um well, those weren't any. No, those notes weren't good. I give it a two. <laughs> yeah, it's um, just the part about Barkley taking a huge personal risk at the end, even though he's a complete fucking disaster. There's like a, nothing for any Voyager characters, by the way. Yep, it's not uh, about them. Yeah, no, like you said, uh, Admiral Paris is actually proud of his boy. Yeah, uh, everyone on Voyager thinks Barkley's cool because he made contact, and boy, they are in for a big surprise when they presumably meet him. Yeah, if they ever meet that guy, they're gonna be pretty unhappy. Barkley is still the Federation's main cringe lord, and for some reason, Troy goes alone to his apartment. Yeah, wouldn't you take Jordy? You'd take Jordy, right? Uh, because Jordy is really good at absorbing blows. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case he gets, they get kidnapped or something. Uh, isn't movie Jordy even more jacked? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, it could be, but I'm just saying. You know, he's absorbed so many phaser blasts over yeah, the yeah, years. Yeah, like yeah. you want him <laughs> along. He's like a. You do. It's like in uh, Earthbound when you can take those teddy bears behind you, and the teddy bears take a bunch of blows for you. Well, it's like she can't take Riker. He won't even open the door if Riker's there. No, 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 no. He would pull the Jehovah drill for sure. <laughs> Except you'd hear him go, "Nobody's here." Yeah, he is kind of the nog of TNG. Uh, uh, Rom. Yeah, don't worry. Everyone makes uh, that mistake. Gronk. I made that mistake three times in my notes this week, and Marjan called uh, Rom nog, or the other way around. I can't remember. Um, or Grog. Yeah, I don't know what his name is. It's a lot of nothing. It's a two for me on characterization. It's just like, we see the Voyager characters a lot, but they're mainly holograms. And yeah. then, 
And then they're just the holograms end, they... who love Barkley, which are what all yeah. all of his holograms. Yeah, but then it, then the real people love Barkley too, just because he's the first voice they hear. Yeah, he's just the one making contact. He does not say he invented it. Yeah, he doesn't say this is my anything. thing, and I really stuck my neck out for you guys. Yeah. So you better fucking be appreciative about this. He didn't say I had to fucking break into the lab to make contact while there was a pulsar nearby. Honestly, right before you called, I was being arrested. So, yeah, you're welcome. So yeah. Okay. Anyway. Uh. Well, quick hitters then. Uh. Well, first of all, this episode aired on your fifteenth birthday. Oh, I remember. It was the happiest birthday I ever had. Yeah, and it was the last episode of Star Trek to debut in the nineties. Yeah. <clears throat> they took off the holidays or whatever, huh? Yeah. Okay. Does Reginald Barkley? Uh huh. Live in Harry Kim's old apartment. I mean, it's possible. I'm not going to screenshot him. I'm not going to go yeah. look. When I was looking at it, I was like, it is possible. Know, but this apartment looks really similar. And once, especially once we learn that he's obsessed with Voyager, I would be like, I would love to hear like, oh, he moved into Harry Kim's old place. I would, uh, I would have loved it if uh, Pete's sister turned out to be Libby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, her name's Libby. Be like, oh, she, shit. Uh, she likes engineers who are maybe virgins, so. <laughs> um, hey, Troy, your mom's name is Luoxana. Hmm. Why does Neelix sound like an unusual name for a cat to you? Yeah, it's a fucking cat. I wouldn't even have commented on but it. But he says, the cat's named Neelix. And then she's like, that's an unusual name. What the fuck do you know? She could sense. He must have been putting out there some emotional vibes. He must have, when he said Neelix, he must have recoiled inside because he's like, oh, don't say names of Voyager crew. You idiot. <laughs> I mean, um, sorry, it's not. It's not Neelix. Not that's nothing. I don't uh, know why I even said that. It's not Neelix. His name is Mr. Sparkles. Damn it. <laughs> Come here, Mr. Sparkles. Oh, she doesn't. Uh, he doesn't appear to uh, respond nah, to that. Cat. Oh, it's they a cat. Do they don't. Yeah. They don't ever do nothing. Come here, Mr. Sparkles. Oh well, what are you gonna do? Um, Barkley is in a position, the same position that you and I have been in many times, which is imagining a more interesting version of Voyager. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. Where huh? the, like, for instance, the Maquis crew members still have maintained some element of their Maquis identity. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't become immediately model Starfleet officers in season fucking one. Yeah, where people play poker and bag on Tuvok instead of, um, you know, sing opera and go to Sandreed's. <laughs> they throw a baseball around in engineering. I don't know if that, yeah. that seemed kind of messed up. They didn't even have a glove. <laughs> How much energy is Barkley burning sleeping in the holodeck? Oh, yeah. Do you think that Pete first became suspicious of him when he got the fucking energy bill and he was like, what the hell? Yeah, whoever from operations was like, what are you guys doing over there? Like, I mean, oh, this is a high power radio lab. We do use energy. I don't I don't know. I don't keep track of how much. No, no, no. Look at this, though. She fucking shows it to him and then he's like, Barkley! <laughs> and he's like Mr. He's like the Flintstones boss. Mr. Fred Flintstones boss. What was his name? Uh, Cogs? No. Cogsworth? (laughs) I can only think of the two from the Jetsons. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway. Mr. Flint? Oh, that sounds... Uh, No, Flint and Flintstone, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, that ain't right. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, 
that's all like that's that was the boss character I came up with in my head. Reg has been clocked in for his holodeck hours, apparently. Mm, that does seem pretty rough. When the guy's like, if I went back and looked at the logs, how much of that time would I find you were in the holodeck? And he's like, you don't got to do that. That's not, <laughs> that's not cool. Hey, we're salaried. Why do you, what's going on? I got <laughs> yeah. to, hey, I already said I got the diagnostics done. Why are you being like this? P, come on, man. I'll, I'll fuck your sister. sister. It's fine. Jesus. A uh, new guy playing Admiral Paris. Don't know why they needed to do that. Maybe the old one died or something. I don't even remember the old one. They, uh, made, him, they made him less gruff, I think. I was going to say, I think they changed his character a little bit. So, like, find a kind of a squishier dude. Um, When he breaks into the lab, I notice that they have uh, the laser tubes that are always showing up in engineering and enterprise. Mm. They're in uh, TNG. Do you think he brought those with him? Yeah, that's custom rig. Yeah. He, before he moved in, he's like, so you guys got laser tubes, right? And the and Pete was like, huh? What do you mean? He's like, well, you know, in, you know, in the lab, you got laser tubes. And then uh, Pete went, no? And no, like, don't them. worry about it. I got it. Yeah, I got I got the game. Jordy will let me bring them. Hey, Jordy, do you need those laser tubes? Never did. I don't, I don't, never needed them. <laughs> All right, I'm taking them with me then. Uh, I mean, it's been a long time since I fucked with Schmollis, but I did not like him just telling Janeway and everyone about Barclay's medical records no. in, a, in the middle of a party. Just like, well, he had transfor- transporter phobia and a hollow addiction. <laughs> Why would you tell anyone that? It's never appropriate. It had nothing to do with this conversation. He's just literally like, I know facts about this savior of ours. I heard his name. and that was His name is Reginald. Turns out he's a big drug user. <laughs> He went to jail once. <laughs> one time an alien made him super smart, but no one liked it. <laughs> That's in the locks. He was a pretty big asshole, and then we didn't. No, we, no one saw or heard of him for like 1,400 star days. <laughs> so. But he was still there. And then uh, my last quick hitter is, uh, oh, thank God Barkley's finally getting it wet. That's the thing I was most worried about in all of the Star Trek universe. And yeah. Now we know. Well, if only I believed that was a real woman that he was describing in the end. <laughs> you think it might be just be the character that he's using as an excuse to not go out on a date with Pete's sister-in-law? Yeah. <laughs> I already met a woman. Her name's Hope. And she loves cats. She loves cats. She loves kitties. <laughs> Like Mr. Sparkles. <laughs> I thought your cast name was Neil. Ah, oh, shit. I changed his name. <laughs> I'm done with Voyager now. I changed his name. That's right. Yeah, now that I've met them, I don't, it's not as cool imagining them naked anymore. Thank God it did not end with a scene of him going back into Voyager in the holodeck, right? I mean, I'm sure they filmed it. Like, for one more, you guys would do maybe just one more poker night in the mess hall. Yeah. Yeah, and then he could give a heartfelt goodbye, like he did. Uh, I think he did that in that first one, right? The first, the the Hollow Pursuits. Doesn't he go under the yeah, fake he does bridge? Do a, a fake bridge goodbye. Yeah, he would have had to do another one of those. Did you write down any quick hitters? Ah, shit, oh, I'm sorry. I give best actor to Neelix the cat and worst actor um, 
Well, there I've written once again. Marina Sirtis has forgotten what Counselor Troy is like. <laughs> As time went by, she had less and less idea of what Counselor Troy was. I, I've said it before. They didn't give her a lot to do in the late seasons. I don't really blame her for losing sure. track of it. But yeah, like, yeah. still, it's right there on. She film. shows up when she showed up in Enterprise, and I was just like, uh, I mean, this is the same actress, but I don't understand how we're supposed to believe this is Count Pegasus era Counselor Troy. <laughs> That's right. Well, that was always the weirdest part about that. That was the weirdest part about that. Not only was it a TNG episode as the finale of your show. They put it in the timeline. They put it in the timeline in a place where it could never have been based on the appearance of those two characters. (laughs) Well, It could never have been. That didn't help any. They both looked just a lot different from they did in that episode. That it was about 10 years post-Pegasus? Yeah. Uh, the only thing I had was that those gauges in the lab were surprisingly old school. They looked like they came from a Cold War submarine movie set. <clears throat> well, yeah. Maybe those controlled the laser tubes. Maybe that was part of his custom rig. <laughs> All right. That's oh, me again. It's my turn again. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're through that one. Um, we gave it a total of 17 points. That Not sounds great. pretty bad, but Voyager scored 16 points with Dragon's Teeth, so. Yeah. And uh, 10 with Alice and 14 with Tinker Tenor Doctor Spy. So it's kind of... <laughs> no, it's fine for them. <laughs> kind of in that region. Um, but second place <laughs> last week was Deep Space Nine because wildly the Barkley episode Realm of Fear won uh, last week. Yeah. Um, so this week we watched Sacrifice of Angels. <laughs> There was so much plot in this one, I spent the entire time desperately trying to catch up to what was happening yeah, sp- in the show. Even even taking less careful notes, knowing I wasn't going to have to describe it, and trying to put most of my commentary in quick hitters instead, Yeah, uh, I still had to pause this episode a bunch of times. Yeah, uh, so this one, uh, I'm just gonna, it's probably just going to be straight plot. Um, we open up on Big Space Showdown. Cisco decides to make the first move and orders certain elements of the fleet to attack the Cardassian ships only, hoping to get them to chase. Uh, game time started. Credits. Uh, I'm going to call the action on Tarok Nor a plot this week and see if I'm right this time, because yeah. the last couple of times I started off the other way and it was not correct. <clears throat> uh, Dukat's managing the big battle from Tarok Nor's operations center, and... Um, He's going to take Cisco's bait on purpose and then uh, trap his forces. Um, And the minefield, that's eight hours away from being removed. So things are getting dire. Uh, Damar talks some shit about the Dominion just right there in ops. Uh, Andy suggests throwing all the dumb sabotage gang in jail to be safe. Which is sensible. And um, Goldicott goes along with it. Yeah, Goldicott's okay with that, but then Damar goes too far when he suggests confining Zial to quarters, too, because he doesn't trust her. Dukat hates that. Um, <clears throat> at Quark's, Kira, Lita, Jake, and Quark, that's the crew now, are talking about more sabotage. Kira wants to bomb the main computer or some shit, but then Damar shows up to arrest him. And only Quark is left, probably because he's Damar's drinking buddy. Yeah. Some uh, Damar's got a real blind spot for Quark for about three weeks now. <laughs> it's been a while. 
some banter between Wayun and Dukat. Wayun wants to wipe out the population of Earth. Dukat doesn't think that's any fun. Dukat, uh, Dukat's an underappreciated genius in his own mind. A real B. Joel, we'll say. <laughs> no, that won't do. A, a proper Billy J. That's better. Uh, the change lady checks on Odo, who's still all whiny. Oh, no, my friends are gonna die, but you did say it was okay, so I guess I'll just sit here and look mopey. Then she says she's gonna execute Kira. And that seems to wake him up a bit, get him a little bit agitated. Later, <clears throat> Quark abducts Zeal. Like, holds her from behind and then he asks her if she can make Hosprot. Souffle. So this is a scheme of some kind. Uh, Zial and Quark go to deliver that Hosprot souffle to Kira's cell, and the guard wants to examine it like maybe it has a file in it, like in cartoons. Uh-huh. Uh, Zial just pulls out a hypospray and knocks the guard out. But the rest of their plan is nothing, I guess, because it just ends up being Quark with two pistols versus two fully armed Jem'Hadar. It don't matter, he blasts them both. He's a fucking action hero this week. <clears throat> he brings down the force fields and Kira and Rom head off to do more sabotage. Wayun comes to Odo's quarters to tell the change lady that the whole gang escaped. And uh, she goes off to ops with Wayun and leaves Odo alone. And soon Kira and Rom, they've got like a running firefight and they get cornered. But then they hear Bajoran phaser fire and... That's because Odo and his deputies have come to their rescue after all. Odo and Kira chat a bit, and then uh, Kira and Rom head for the central computer core. Rom doesn't think he's going to get this thing disabled in time <clears throat> to stop the minefield from coming down, so they change plans and decide to knock out Teroknor's weapons instead. But they're just an instant too late, and the minefield comes down before they succeed in knocking out the uh, the weapons. Now I'll go to B-plot, because it's at this point, I think, that the two plots kind of converge. <clears throat> uh, after trying, like, all day, because he has no other plan, the the Cardis finally pretend to take Cisco's bait and start to chase his fighters around. Seriously, they said he sent nine waves of fighters after them. <laughs> yeah. Goljakot really wanted to make sure Cisco thought it was real. Yeah. And Cisco again, no other plan. He's like, just send more fighters. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Cisco knows it's a trap, but he has no other option than to take it. So, uh, ships snore all over the damn place and so many explosions. Boosh, boosh, boosh! Things are looking dire when those Klingon reinforcements from last week finally arrive. More douche, douche, douche. The Defiant alone breaks through, because of course. Yeah. And Cisco heads straight to DS9. Uh, Ducat refuses to give chase knowing that the Defiant's no match for Teroknor by itself. Uh, Defiant pulls up, and uh, Dukat and Damar are ready to detonate the now-disabled minefield, and they succeed, as we already know from the A-plot. Um, Sisko orders Defiant into the wormhole. Uh, Damar wants to destroy it, but finds that the weapons are offline. Um, nobody knows what Sisko's plan is, but he acts as if he's just gonna, I don't know, shoot thousands of ships. But the wormhole aliens yoink him into their little fantasy world, and they seem really exercised about his impending death. Yeah, they're not into it. No. But he says he's gotta go out there and die heroically, and that's that. 
But then they say it's their right to interfere, so Cisco changes his strategy and appeals for their help with the Dominion fleet. And uh, they agree, but they say they're going to exact a penance. Uh, uh-huh. Specifically, they say that he is of Bajor, but he will find no rest there. It's Babylon 5, but not as good. Big shock. <laughs> if you is. go to Zahadum, you will die. Yeah. <clears throat> they return Cisco to Defiant, and uh, just as the shooting is about to start, all of the Dominion ships, thousands of them, they keep saying, uh, just straight disappear. From Dukat's point of view, we see Defiant come out of the wormhole alone. No reinforcements from the Dominion follow them out. And Dukat loses his cool. And then Defiant starts firing on Tarok Nor. And uh, it's at this point that the Federation fleet breaks through and starts heading for the station. So they order an evacuation. Dukat goes a bit batty. He says he's got to go find his daughter. Damar tries to warn him that Zial won't go with him, but he doesn't listen. Uh, Dukat finds Zial and says, uh, yeah, she's all he's got. And she tells him she can't go with him. But she confesses to being uh, one of the traitor gang. Uh, Dukat seems to forgive her, but Damar quietly rolls up and blasts her. Yeah. He tries to get Dukat to come with him, but Dukat won't listen. He stays with her body instead of evacuating. But Damar sure as shit runs off. He runs off like a crazy person. Did you see how he was running? (laughs) (laughs) It cannot be easy to run dressed as a Cardassian. In the Cardassian makeup and in their big clunky outfits. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, those guys don't run for shit. You know, they put Herman Munster boots on him, even though you can't ever see him. <laughs> uh, the good guys all reunite. Everyone's so happy, but Garrick overhears that Seal is in the infirmary. Uh, unfortunately, he only finds her dead body there. and He and Kira chat a bit about how much she loved him. Odo shows Sisko Dukat, who is a sad, weeping, babbling mess now. And Dukat tells Sisko he forgives him too, and hands him his baseball. And we're out of this bitch. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess I should say this as, uh, was this episode about anything? So, I mean, of course, mainly no, right? Yeah. Like, it's a plot episode for sure. Um, But I did try to make myself... So, anyway, maybe Fortune doesn't favor the bold, though? <laughs> you mean because Cisco like, definitely loses the day? Like Cisco said that at the end of the last episode. No, he did. so Cisco loses the day, but the other character who is being bold and arguing for bold tactics all the time against Wayun is Dukat, mm. and like he definitely could have prevented Defiant from reaching the station uh, by ordering someone to give chase or whatever. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could have. Uh, he could have, right? Or uh, you know, even by just keeping a tighter watch on Zial. I mean, but he earlier. was right. I mean, he was right. The Defiant was no match for Tiraknor yes. by themselves, and he certainly thought 3,000 ships or whatever in the wormhole be able to take care of him. He didn't he know didn't, the gods were going to step he in. He didn't know, and we still don't understand why, although yeah. I did name this uh, Zoom meeting nepotism. <laughs> exactly right. Yep. Even uh, Cisco prophets, doesn't know that part yet. The prophets have... The, he doesn't really know. Like, I think he knows he's the emissary to yes. the prophets. And so he probably thinks that's why they interceded, but yeah. still... Uh, but yeah, he doesn't, Dukat doesn't know what happened, but Dukat's past caring at that point, but like, he is constantly telling Wayun that Wayun is too cautious to the point yeah. that he accuses him of being anhedonic and stuff like that, and guess what? He also loses the day. Both of the characters who are bold lose the day, That's and true. they just kind of, um, 
but then some gods do stuff. Yeah, yeah, like Zeus fucking comes down from the fucking mountain and does his thing. Yeah, like nobody earned a W today. That's I guess that's fair. Um. Uh. Yeah. So. And of course, it's like almost the very last thing in the in the previous episode, and this is a to be continued. Is they say fortune favors the bold. We're about to find out, right? Yeah. So, um, that's not much of a take. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe <fortune laughs> Thank you. Doesn't favor the bold. Thanks for the great advice. I guess I won't be bold anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess like, hey, maybe you know, take some precautions, huh? Sure. Yeah. Maybe listen. May at least listen to the guy who's proposing some wise actions. Right. Uh, and I, you know, there's nothing wrong with that take, but uh, it's not much. I gave it a three. This is mostly a plot episode. Yeah. 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 I had uh, the the title leads you to believe it's about sacrifice. Something about how I don't know. Great deeds demand great sacrifice, or something. Except it would be super weird to put what Ducat is doing and sacrificing on the same level with what Cisco is doing and sacrificing because one guy's clearly a good guy and one guy's clearly a bad guy but then also what Dukat's sacrificing is like part of it's his daughter and you wouldn't want to just use the female character to be the thing the male character is feeling bad about but then they do do that a lot it does happen because they're not good writers maybe it's just about how one man's best day is another man's worst oh boy but so what? I don't know. It was clearly about advancing the plot and getting the gang back together on DS9. Themes. I give it two for themes. Uh, execution, though. This mm. is the end of the big arc. <clears throat> yeah, boy. It was looking good for a while, the big arc. <laughs> it was. It got a lot of wins. I think they got three or four wins during the six-episode arc. Yeah. What turns Odo back into his old self? the threat of Kira beefing it? Was that not something he thought was going to happen until just this week? How was she going to keep her head uh, with this little rebellion that she was trying to uh, that she was trying to pull off? That he knows everything about and probably gave the founder all that information during sex telepathy? Uh-huh. Yeah. What makes Ducat finally come down on the side of loving his daughter so much? He was gonna blast her and then he, he damned her and led a hostile invasion of the station which could have injured or killed her like why suddenly does he believe that she's so important to him is it because he lost his he thinks he's gonna lose his cool career so it's just desperation to have something i don't know they don't tell us um what was cisco's plan going into that wormhole did he think the wormhole aliens were gonna do something was he just gonna go blow up in the wormhole was he gonna blow up the wormhole yeah, it's all good questions. These are things I would like to assume there are answers to, and we weren't given them because we're supposed to come up with those on our own, but I think we know they just didn't put much thought into it. Yeah. These are things that they wrote to happen, but they didn't really examine why. They knew there was a blue card that said season six, episode seven, wedding. And they were like, <laughs> we have to get to that. We gotta be done with all this other stuff by wedding. <laughs> okay, the big thing here. Uh, Cisco pretty much loses this fight, right? The worm, the uh, minefield. After all this f- f- fucking arc, the worm, uh, the minefield comes down. Uh, f- at least for the few minutes there, only one ship has made it through this big battle. Um, he's saved by the wormhole aliens who care about him, 
for reasons. Yeah, but it's personal. It's all a big cheat, and I don't know what we're supposed to take away from it without more explanation. I also think it would be reasonable, given their promise of uh, uh, a penance or whatever, that we'll get more out of the wormhole aliens moving forward, so answers may be forthcoming, like even on first viewing. Uh, yeah, but, that's what you might expect based on that. Yeah. Especially because they did a, if you were paying attention, they did a big scene last week that was kind of out of nowhere about how mm-hmm. Cisco intends to make his home on Bajor and Bajor is his home now. Yep. And yeah, yeah. this one, they're like, he will get he no rest on Bajor. And then you're like, ah, I see. It's yeah. this trope. Yeah. So uh, either way, the decision to have the wormhole aliens fix everything in a stroke does make the last several episodes feel kind of pointless. Like everything that they've been worried about, the minefield, uh, getting back Deep Space Nine, stopping reinforcements from coming. Uh, they failed in their mission to stop all that stuff, and then uh, uh, the writers just uh, band-aided it anyway with the with these gods stepping in or whatever. So, I don't know. What was the point of the arc? Um, uh, yeah, so I, I feel like it ruined some of the other episodes in the arc. I gave it a four. Uh, I think... For the second time so far this episode, I liked it one point better. Okay. Um, the main criticism that you see leveled at this episode online is that it's a deus ex machina ending. Yeah. That's kind of the least of my problems with it. Okay. That's, like you said, that's just Cisco getting his John Sheridan moment. And mm-hmm. if you're mad at that, you have to be mad at all the season five stuff where he tells the Bajorans not to join the Federation because he had a vision. It's like all part of the same story. Yeah, I mean, if you're mad about that, you just have to be mad at JMS for showing them his Bible. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, it was a big mistake. Because <laughs> they took every single plot point. For me, the big problem is they <clears throat> they do like at one too many reverses in the ending. Yeah. Like, Defiant gets there, but just not in time. <laughs> Rom gets the weapons offline, but just not in time. But yeah. then the miracle occurs. For me, it's a better episode if they know they're not going to make it. Yeah. And they make the decision to do what they can anyway, instead of just, it's a race against the clock that they lost. Yeah. Sure. Um, This episode also leaves us with no real understanding about the Dominion situation. Yep. No one seems worried about Ketracel White or... We don't learn how many ships were destroyed in that. We know the Federation breaks through the fleet, but we don't yep. know like what this does to the Dominion Cardassian fleet. Mm-hmm. We don't know anything about the stakes of the war. We just know that Cisco's back on Deep Space Nine. That's right, and I have a lot of that in world building too. Yeah. Um, but I think they made the. I was surprised at how much of this episode took place on Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. and I think that was the right choice. It's been the right choice throughout the entire arc. Yeah. That's where the interesting stuff is happening. The other stuff is just pew, 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 pew. Yes. It's, it's a, where they're it's spending a, all their dollars, but it's not interesting. Right. It's a space war in a way that's boring because it's not we don't, It's not real situations. We never are going to care about, oh, no, the the Bolian, the Bolian front is not going well. <laughs> that's right. Yep. You know, we don't know where that is in space or what that means. Yeah, the Star Trek Stellaris game hasn't even come out yet. So Right. <laughs> I don't I don't care about the bully in front yet, but there may be a time in the near future where I care about it quite a bit. <laughs> um So it's a five for me, mainly because they, they stuck with that side. Um but you know, 
this is not the best one in this arc for sure. Yeah. There's some world building though. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I think we see Federation fighters for the first time. Yeah, they uh, the they're not exactly the Maquis Raiders, but they're sort of similar. No, they were they're reminiscent of them, but they seem maybe they're definitely smaller than Chakotay's ship. Yeah, but they might be bigger. Ones. They might be the same size as the actual little Maquis Raiders that we've been seeing with the uh, like the ones that his buddy. Uh, what was his fucking buddy's name? The uh, Cal Hudson, like the one that Cal yes. Hudson was in, or something. Yes. <clears throat> um. We uh, we see the galaxy and cruiser wings, mm-hmm. the twenty eight hundred Dominion ships on the other side of the wormhole. Um, Wayun's vision of eradicating the population of Earth to prevent a rebellion from forming there. Yeah. Um, Cisco's odd and unspecified bargain with the prophets and then the dominion retreat to cardassia and the capture of gul dukat so a lot of stuff happened this week i gave it a five for world building yeah i agreed it's a five i also could have been more by the way if they'd let us understand more more about the state of the war at the end of this arc it's sort of exactly my notes so their cruiser and galaxy wings attack fighters and destroyer units Cisco mentions Magellan and Venture, and we know Venture got blown up, so I guess they renamed another. They named another one Venture. Yeah, I guess they unmothballed a, a galaxy frame and called it Venture. Yeah, uh, combined Klingon and Federation fleet breaks through a large Dominion fleet, but it's unclear who really wins that battle. My guess is after the Dominion find out they have no reinforcements, they abandon the field. But we don't really hear how that all wraps up. Yeah, it's not again, it's not very clear. Definitely the Dominion presence on the station evacuates, but Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the wormhole aliens are truly powerful and stick their nose into this space war business. Unclear how much they will care moving forward. Yeah. So yeah, it's a five. <clears throat> Characterization. Let's have it. O'Brien acts like a professional around Nog, but we know better. <laughs> Man, as soon as they get back to the station in the end, he makes a holodeck date with Bashir for an hour from now. Yeah. Like, hey, man, that space war was crazy, huh? Anyway, pirates in an hour? Hey, do we uh, do we even have quarters? Like, do <laughs> we know. know that the Cardassians didn't like, tear they, up all our, all our shit? Well, they definitely, I assume they took the things they wanted, and they definitely are not going to get the rest of it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They gotta, sure. They're going to have to rebuild that whole fucking station the way they like it. <clears throat> but it's like if we uh, made a pirate date. For an hour after we got back from the space war. Yeah. No, Seems silly. True. It's like, give me enough time to take a shit. But then... <laughs> but the I, I'm right back in. Jump right on. Yeah. Yeah, not... Yeah, well, I mean, it's in my quick hitters, too, so... Uh, Nog is very nervous before the big fight. Dukat has decided this week that his daughter means the fucking world to him. Uh, he gets very cocky in the big space fight, but to be fair, unless the wormhole aliens step in and fuck with his plans, he has this one in the bag. Yeah, he's pretty much got it won. He argues against eradicating the population of Earth, but it's unclear if he finds it terrifying or really just doesn't think it would be any fun. After the wormhole aliens snatch victory from him and his daughter gets zapped, he loses his mind. Uh, Wayun loves to banter and plan genocides. Um... The possible execution of Kira wakes Odo up from his lame, mopey stupor, but like I said, only bad writing could explain why he didn't already think that was probably going to happen. Yes. Um, Cisco makes some kind of unknown sacrifice to win this space war. 
Um, Quark goes action hero to save his brother and the Alpha Quadrant. Not that any of that mattered because their whole plan didn't work. Uh, Zial confesses her deeds to her father and they appeared to be having an emotional breakthrough, but that's a series wrap on her. Yep. And, uh... Thank you to the three actresses who played her for all their hard work. <laughs> it's a series wrap on all three of them. We'll see if Garrick ever mentions Zial again. Yeah. I'm honestly not sure he does. Well, he... Um, uh, we'll talk about it in a minute, I guess. But, like... I liked the way Garrick plays this. Like, he's very worried about her when he thinks she's alive. Yeah. And as soon as he gets there and sees that she's dead, he just gets real cold. Like, mm-hmm. he is already compartmentalizing this. That's his whole deal. Already putting this <clears throat> where it can't hurt him. He's going to make up six different lies about it that he can tell Bashir later. Yep. Um, I gave it a five. I'm one less over here. Okay. So <clears throat> let's talk about, let's start with Ducat. Uh, he lays out his ultimate character flaw here. It's not the victory he really desires. It's admiration from the conquered. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then when Damar takes that away from him by killing Zial, he goes mad. Ah. So all that's fine. Next, most interesting, is probably Odo and the Founder. She tries to force him to choose the Link over the Solids by threatening Kira, but that backfires. Yeah. Um, he never really apologizes or explains anything to Kira this no, week. No, they ain't so... that time, because, uh, you know, the running firefight or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're left with a very incomplete redemption, and I'm worried it's going to stay that way. It certainly could. They might never talk about it. Ah, uh, you know, when I did that um, that huge betrayal? Yeah. No, you know what? Let's not talk about it. Uh, Cisco's big moment with the Prophets would have been a lot better if it seemed like he understood that a penance was going to be exacted from him. You know, Sheridan accepts that Kosh won't help him at Zahadu. He doesn't understand. He thinks Kosh is mad at him. He doesn't he, understand it, he but he it. accepts it. Right? He's like, that fine, he's I'll die there. What do I care? Here, right? Yeah. And he knowingly strikes his bargain. Cisco just asks for a miracle and then kind of tunes out while the prophets discuss <laughs> that something bad is going to have to happen. He's kind of like, just get me out of here. Like, yeah. do it and let's be on with this. Like, like, he doesn't seem to be paying attention during that part. So, yeah. And also that would whole thing would be better if we'd known for longer than a week that he considered Bajor his home. Mm-hmm. So that this analogy they're doing of Moses leading his people to the prophet land but not getting to enter the promised land uh, would be more explicit. How about if he had any relationship with the wormhole aliens at all? Yeah, that's correct. He's met yeah. them like four times ever, and each scene is 40 seconds. Like, he, yeah. there's no... I think it's maybe because they make it so disorienting in there, it probably wouldn't be fun to do a long scene Yeah, with those fucking weirdos in there. But, like, every single scene we've ever seen with them has been very short, and there haven't been many of them. So we don't even understand any of the motivations at play, because we don't even fucking know these dudes. Yeah. Well, as it stands, no one seems interested in or concerned with the bargain he strikes with powerful, inscrutable aliens. (laughs) Another thing that I was surprised by was he didn't seem that excited about his reunion with Jaco. I mean, like they meet, but it's not. There's none of the emotion from when he was talking to his dad 
in sure. that scene. He, he talks to him for a minute, and then he overhears, and they overhears like, "Oh, Kira's in the infirmary," and it with... automatic it just immediately shifts focus to yeah. Kira, and it's just like, oh, "Okay, so I guess him uh, re- reconnecting with Jake after six months of fighting in a war when either one of them could be killed any day, that's uh, just not not really a big deal." Yeah, though, but then actually. I also kind of get it because we've spent that time with Jake, and he fucking sucks. Yeah, um, like I said, I liked the scene with Garrick. I didn't like Bashir and O'Brien rushing back into the Battle of Britain like they haven't had enough war for a while. No, <laughs> why don't you do a, like, something where you go see a concert or something? Or Freaking just like, stop. hey, uh, hey, Julian, do you want to go kayaking with me in the holodeck? <laughs> yeah, let's go play darts. Yeah, right. Um, so it's a mixed bag overall, and the big flaw is that they gave me Cisco where I wanted Sheridan. So that's right. It's too bad. I think Avery Brooks is pretty clearly a better actor when he's engaged, yeah, but the but writing is so much worse. Yeah. He's also already a much more poisoned character than Sheridan ever is. Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, quick ones, then. <clears throat> yeah, I love to hear English war poetry out of the mouths of two people from historically colonized backgrounds. It really leaves a good taste in everyone's mouth to have these two uh, guys doing charge of the light brigade. Isn't Britain great? Isn't England great? They should have said to each other. Um, we haven't talked about this much, but Cisco was a commander until the last episode of season three. Yeah. This is early season six. Yep. So, even given the Dominion War, he can't be that high on the captain's seniority list. He's running the entire battle of 600-whatever ships before the Klingons arrive. Full command of a 600-ship fleet, which you would expect would be commanded by a many-star admiral. Yeah, all the stars. You gotta have all—that's so many ships. All the stars. Like— Even if you weren't leading it tactically, you would be in charge operationally. Exactly. They didn't give us enough of Ross for us to know whether he's Halsey, whether he's a Halsey type or yeah. something else. I mean, I mean the actor is giving us no personality at all, yeah, so yeah. I can't believe he could really be a Halsey. Uh, but, like, they should have had a Halsey, right? If they were going to do a big war arc. Yeah, it would have been good if Cisco had to deal with a reckless admiral or something. Yeah, that who just maybe great. takes some bait himself, let's yeah. say. Oh, no, Admiral What's-His-Name took the bait, we, but we gotta, we'll have to, we can't bail yeah. him out, we can't afford to, we gotta get to DS9, something like that. But no, Cisco's in command of this enormous <laughs> fleet when presumably the captains of all of the galaxy class ships have been captain longer than him and probably have better records. Honestly, it's either a world building or execution fail. I can't remember. Yeah. I can't think of where I would put that, but like, what? Yeah, Why? it just it just doesn't it makes so little sense. Because you can't it's Deep Space Nine? It. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I guess it's all about who you know. That's weird. Um Damar can't believe that quark is a member of curacell because he knows how many details he's been given away at the bar like i think he has to believe quark is not a part <laughs> this of this for himself <laughs> just for his own well mental well-being i'm gonna keep doing the wrong thing here because i have invested so much into this yeah like i have i really i really put way too <laughs> much trust in quark whether he's on our side or not long ago and so i'm kind of committed to it now you know, we'll, there's going to be a big change in Damar and his character, and we will have to explore now that we're looking at this with a critical eye whether it is earned or not. Because this Damar is so sloppy. So well, he's a sloppy drunk for sloppy. sure. Sloppy. He's bad at every everything he's asked to do. He kind of does a bad job at, except for getting rid of the mines. 
Yeah, and even that took a long enough time that we had several scenes of him being taunted about it before he <laughs> made good on it. That's right. Um, I guessed about six ways this Hasperat souffle bit was going to go, but none of them had him just being knocked out with a hypo spray. Yeah, just straight giving him the, the juice. Like, I was like, he's going to taste the Hasperat souffle and it's going to knock him on his ass or, <laughs> you know, like. It's gonna explode in his face or something. He just he quietly pokes it a little bit. Yeah, until he, he p- gets picks up some some stylus or implement and starts poking at it, mm-hmm. and then uh, she just knocks him out with a hypo. Spray. It's almost like he was afraid it was gonna explode on him. He was being so delicate with it. Yeah. Do you think Quirk thought those Jem'Hadar weren't gonna go for their guns, or <laughs> do you think he just felt like he had to try? I don't know. I don't know what that scene was. I don't know why they thought Quirk was gonna be able to blast two dudes with two guns. Just first shot, just get them both. Yeah, like he definitely should have shot at them instead of announcing himself. Uh, yeah, to try to get them to open the force field and put down their guns. Yeah, just uh, come in there, guns ablazing, buddy. That's your best shot. These puppy, th- these puppy dogs, they're not going to do what you say. No, <laughs> they're going to start shooting at you. No, I do like that the Gemini look at each other first. Like, what the fuck's going on here? They probably that look probably was meant to say, of course, the Cardi in the front room blew it. Uh, Rom appears to be late on getting the weapon shut down by about five seconds, which means if Kira hadn't bothered to ask Odo about his change of heart at all, the minefield stays up. Or if the part where, uh, Rom gets real down on the dumps and says he's not going to make it and doesn't do anything for a few seconds. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> I, out loud at that point, I said, well, not with that attitude. And, you know, my final thought is, um, I don't want to see these profit sequences if one of them is an opaka. Yeah, that's right. She should always be. She should just uh, be like, um, you know, I used to have all-time quarterback. Like, if you had uneven teams in football, uh-huh. one guy would just quarterback for both teams. She should just always be there. I mean, if you're going to have somebody uh, feel Cisco's paw and tell him that's going to lead him in a different direction, that should be Kyle Paca. She should have just popped up just for that part of the dialogue. Yeah. Because that's what he associates. I assume they're reading his mind in some way, right? But I, don't know. I mean, we all like the villain that Kai win becomes and is but uh but we still ride with opaka i still ride with opaka (laughs) if there's not a shirt like that then there should be i still ride with opaka um best actor i really liked quark too stunned to do anything after he knocked every ice those two guards yeah and just like you know someone else has to let him out of the force field or whatever he's barely in it but he's still one of the better actors on the show yep uh, as far as worst actor goes, you know, Wayun is usually strong, but he was real sort of soft and out of it this week. Kind of like maybe the actor was sad he wasn't going to be in every episode of Deep Space Nine anymore. <laughs> They're like, well, if we enjoyed your arc. We'll see you when we see you. Yep. Uh, you'll be back two, three times. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, it turns out he's still in it, but uh, yeah, certainly it was fun to see him every week. <sighs> what about you? Quick ones? No, man, I was busy. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> All right. Well, it put up a 33, which would have won last week. Ah, we shall see what happens. We shall see. <laughs> Certainly we'll see one what... of the best episodes. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, listen, I don't want to. I don't want to laugh too much about this, right? Because fucking Times Era won its week. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. And a uh, Realm Bad of ones? Fear won its week. Yes, you only have to look to last week. There was no way we thought going in that Realm of Fear was going to be anything. Yeah, yeah, right. So, like, look, I get it. We're talking about Man of the People. Yeah. (sighs) 
I mean, fuck Power Play 1. But yeah, exactly. So, you never know. It's just got to find 34 points in here somewhere. Or 33, but I forget what our tiebreaker conditions oh, were. Shit, I don't even remember. We'll make it up on the fly. Well, hopefully we don't have to. I'll have to go back to that episode where Ben broke the tie and listen to what I said we would do. Spoiler alert. We're not going to have to worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Enterprise has been called to help a transport ship near Raycog Seronia. A planet or two planets? <laughs> I think it's a planet. I think it's one. I think it's one planet. Where two factions are at war. It's one of those space planets where they're uh, they got uh, space battle cruisers and all kinds of shit, but they they're at war with themselves. They got yeah, the yeah, two yeah. factions on the one planet. Um, they find this ship flanked by two Raycog cruisers, uh, but these guys are no match for Enterprise. They make a run for it as soon as uh, as soon as the big ship pops in. So yeah. they're probably like uh, Lysian level. I imagined essentially Lysian. Uh, Patrol ships or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, the the, the Romeo and Juliet guys from uh, uh, Rageous O'Connor. Yeah, sure. The, um... Ornarins. Nope. And the... Nope, the Ornarins and the Breca are from, uh... <laughs> Those are the other guys. Um, symbiosis. Dr- drugs are bad. Um... I can't fucking remember. I mean, it's not the Casper. We ain't mad. It fucking yet. D- it don't matter. We never revisit those guys. I don't think they've even been in a well, lower decks. It's no, weird that they I haven't done a right. lower decks about Okana yet, huh? Uh, yeah, but you know where Okana does appear, the character himself. Um, what is the name of the other kids of the kids show? Uh, oh, he's in Prodigy. Prodigy. He's in Prodigy. Wild. Has a little arc. There's an Okana arc in Prodigy. Doesn't Prodigy take place in the Delta Quadrant? Yes. <sighs> All right. I insist the- Prodigy is the second best of the five new Star Treks. <laughs> because, because it's a kid's show, they make the things about things, and there are lessons that people learn in the end, and you go, well, that'd be pretty easy to score. <laughs> All right, this transport sends a slightly garbled message about they're fine don't worry about it but can we give you two passengers by the way <laughs> we don't one like of them is a guys. mediator trying to get to Seronia. yeah and picard's like uh yeah i guess and then he sends troy down to take care of him yeah uh the two that beam in are ambassador vess Alcar and a woman he introduces as his mother sev maylor and she is wearing a lycra bodysuit under yeah. a sheer dress, and she fucking Im- hot. Immediately goes after Troy with some real season two Maurice Hurley shit about <laughs> how she's not special. Uh, see, seriously, Maurice Hurley's words to her mouth, a hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Someone was just like, "Ah, uh, should we do some real cutting early season two shit where someone looks pans right over Troy and right at Pulaski and says a woman?" <laughs> No, what they said in the room was, what do you think is the meanest thing someone ever said to Marina? I'd like to put that in the show. And someone else said, I was in the room for it. I know it. I was there. I, saw I was there it. on the worst day of her life. I'll, I'll tell you exactly what he said. Um, uh, Troy fobs this old woman off on the transporter chief, who's not O'Brien. I guess he's on Deep Space Nine or something by now. At so some point, can... he transferred over to DS9. It wasn't yeah. in the beginning of season six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she could take Alcar to meet Picard. But first, we get sinister music to credits about the mean mom. Mm. So, uh, in Picard's ready room, Alcar talks to Picard and some admiral who's on the horn about his concerns. He thinks it's a bad look to show up on a battleship. Yeah. 
and asks for another unarmed transport, but Picard's against that. The Admiral agrees with him, so he's they're stuck with him, and he's stuck with them. Yeah. And I guess he fucking... At some point, Picard slipped him a pamphlet of shipboard activities because in the very next scene, Alcar is in Worf's morning Makbarak class with Troy. Yeah. Turns out this guy has a lot of free time. I mean, I guess he'll tell you why on the walk and talk. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um. Anyway, he's got a very important job. He's got to go stop the space war uh, yeah, or planetary yeah, yeah, yeah. war, I guess. But uh, no, well, he's got lots of time he does this he does this tai chi with troy and everybody and she is real impressed with his quote self-discipline and talks about how it must make his work easier and he's like uh well first of all i believe in a healthy mind and a healthy body which is why i look like this obviously <laughs> and all uh second of all you mean like hey, someone's um like someone's hot dad or whatever mm, yeah <laughs> definitely like someone's dad yeah um but you know that Troy's maybe that's Troy's type. Maybe she saw, you know, she saw her mom cozy up to Timison, and that dude mm. was a had real dad bod for sure. <laughs> that guy was a big old fucking. That guy was Mount Beef, the Beef Mountain. Mount Beef, the Beef Mountain, and also all time best acting performance in Star Trek. <laughs> well, yeah, and then when you put him in the room with Michelle Forbes, and they both went yeah. at it, and I'm looking around going, "This is the best Star Trek's ever been." We were both, like, moved. We're like, oh, no, it's moving. Why is this so good? Even the Waxana oh. wasn't terrible in that episode for some reason. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Well, she was playing her usual character of sad old woman. <laughs> yeah, but it could, like, fit in that one. Yeah, fit that time. <laughs> she wasn't like, uh, you're a goo man and everyone hates you, but I have got wigs. Anyway, he wants to use Troy's empathic powers as a weapon like Picard. Yeah. Uh, she has another real tense interaction with his mom at the door to their quarters. She tells Troy if she mates with him, she'll regret it for the rest of her life. <laughs> she says mates with him. Have you mated it's with him great. yet? It's, it's very terrible. Cool. Shouldn't say that. I mean, it's much I guess, worse. Well, it's TV, so she couldn't have said fucked. But, like, but it's so if, much worse she, than saying fucked. Have you slept with him yet? I would still, it's, it's, it would have been better than mated with him. Mated was the worst. That's why it's the worst way to put that's it. That's why it works so well when Matthew in news radio, after he gets the confidence when he accidentally hits Bill, says that he'll mate with whoever he wants in the office. That's why it's so <laughs> creepy because it's the worst thing you can. It's the say. worst way to say it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she goes to her office and pouts about it when Riker shows up to do the crew evaluation reports, hmm. and uh, she tells him what's going on with Mima Alcar, and he's like, "That old hag, she's old as hell, man. Probably just cobwebs and <laughs> a single bat up there." Anyway, death comes for us all. She is comforted by that. <laughs> and yeah, that works on her. And sure enough, they get interrupted immediately because Alcor's mom has dropped dead in their quarters. And at this point, Troy does not think, which I would definitely think, oh, I did that. Killed her I, with either, my words. By the way, either I did that or he did that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I wonder if he, he was so embarrassed mom. about this that he just killed her. Did he just strangle his mom because he was so embarrassed? Yeah. Oh, shit. I hope he didn't choke her to death because she's so out of control. I don't know. I'd immediately think, oh, I fucking killed her. My words were, were so bad that she died. Well, when they get there, Alcar is not broken up about it. Mm. But for some reason, no one finds that suspicious. And also, wouldn't you know it, there's an empathic funeral meditation that only Troy can help him with. Mm. Now, I don't like to blame victims. Sure. We, I think I think I talked about this for 15 minutes in that episode where Hoshi was in Beauty and the Beast. And I was like, yeah. why 
Why is she walking around in those yeah. pajamas? In I know this bad she's allowed situation? to. She's, she's allowed, allowed to. She and can that's wear whatever fine, she wants. Why whatever. Would, why would that be the choice? Does she it makes? seem that's like a I good idea to? <sighs> but Troy's like, yeah, I'll, yeah, fuck it. I'll do the rock ceremony with you. Mm-hmm. What do we do? We just touch these rocks together. Uh oh. Well, no, because before they could do that, first of all, kicks everyone else out of his quarters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And second of all, turns the lights down Jordy low. Yeah. Uh, well, he gives her a pointy rock, and he holds his own pointy rock, and he says, Rome got Sevy Rome, just like you did last week. I'll never forget <laughs> the words, and, because this episode was so traumatizing. And then they touch rocks, and Troy gets crazy highs. Uh, yeah, man, she's never been that horny in her life. Um, have you ever she, been that horny? You'd have crazy eyes too. No, of course I haven't. No, I've never really even come close. Anything. Uh, she goes to her quarters, changes from the red onesie she was wearing into a gray one, hmm. then starts obsessing over her wrinkles in the mirror and uh, going through a bunch of clothes, like when Tasha Yar broke into her quarters in the Naked <laughs> Now. You always have such beautiful clothes. And then cancels all her morning appointments. Um, Beverly calls Picard in to talk about the mother. Because she did a brief scan of the quarters and it said, you know, nothing was really wrong with her. But she did have a lot of, like, wrong brain energy. I know we just did this. <laughs> look, 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 I had forgotten, having seen this many times but never wanting to watch it, how much of a crusher doesn't care about your stupid fucking customs episode this was <laughs> that's what I, I know it happens a lot with her but like honestly it's the I forgot. plot and the negotiation is the c plot <laughs> sure. right i totally forgot that was like a lot of this episode was crusher going yeah, yeah, yeah. was crusher putting it on front street that she doesn't care yeah yeah they hit here and here's the deal alcohol won't let her do an autopsy she mm-hmm. says that's customs or whatever and crusher is Already, just because of the scan, just because she can't figure out from the one scan yep. how this uh, lady that everyone thinks is 93 died. It fucking sucks that she's right every time. She's it's like worse because her behavior <laughs> is terrible, but she's, she's like, always you right. Gotta, you got to lean on him. I got to do an autopsy. Yeah. Um, But Picard's like, I don't know. Are we in danger? And then she's like, no. <sighs> I really okay. want to know, <laughs> but I think I should. I deserve to know. But, but it's just cultural bullshit. <laughs> it's just like a dumb religion, like you're always talking about. <laughs> Why is it okay for you to say it? But Come I really want to know. Though. You know, you've really been weird ever since you said Worf should kill himself. <laughs> but I religion. But if I don't know, I'm gonna go crazy. Yeah. Uh, so she backs off in, in this scene. Yeah. Now we're back with Troy, and Troy is standing in between two mirrors. Mm. In what I assume is her standard masturbation setup. Ah, oh, absolutely. I see that from every angle. Or maybe she needs two mirrors to, if she's going to wear jumpsuits like that, just to make sure it's not up some part of her. She just puts on her fucking jumpsuit and goes. I gotta be able to see the front and the back at the same time. Because as- I don't know. I don't know if while I'm looking at the back to make sure I don't have a wedgie, I don't have a camel toe. Yeah. When I look away, she puts it on. She looks in her two mirrors and goes, "Looks as terrible as ever. <laughs> Still looks way dumpier than my actual body. If I just wore regular clothes, I'd be all right. Yeah, it's bad oh, well. in every way. This outfit's bad. Oh well." Ah, oh, the elastic's all loose. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, people don't take me seriously, and I look worse. 
Um, but I guess she, she's in this setup this time so she can do a couple of katas mm. and then get distracted and just start fingering her neckline and her lips sensually. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, from there, it's right to Alcar's quarters. Again, uh, never been this horny. She no, is no, 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 crazy no, no. ready to go. No, no, no. She goes in there to try and get him to blow her back out. <laughs> but he puts her in the friend zone immediately. And she <laughs> takes In a weird all, way, too. He says some stuff way. that would be very confusing. Like, I can't. I need a relationship with you to be different. There are I reasons. Need, uh, it's not because you're going to die I soon. I need you in a different way. <laughs> it's not because you're going to take all your life energy and you're going to be dead soon. If you were thinking that. Have you ever thought of writing a novel, by the way? <laughs> right now's the time. Uh, if you ever wanted to, this is the time to do it. You're going to be so creative. Um, so she takes all of that energy out on some absolute himbo that walks into her turbo lift. That guy looked scared. Uh, well, and honestly, he didn't look less scared after the fact. No. No, I think... Um, I think it got, I got... I think whatever happened in that bedroom changed him. Yeah, it got very wild in there in a way that was going to... Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's going to think about it for a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. She, uh, next we see Riker coming to her door because, um, they didn't even do the first evaluation yesterday before, uh, Alcar's mom died. And yeah. so they go, he comes there to start back in on the same one. Uh, but Earring Magic Ken is still in the bedroom. <laughs> and, um, and when he leaves, uh, Troy immediately starts accusing Riker of being jealous. Yeah. Cause she didn't see the scene where he fucking turned it around. Yeah. On, uh, Devonani Rawl. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, good. I'm, I hope you give her the fucking biggest orgasm of all time, because I like her and I want her to feel that. Boom! But um, she's not fun to be around like this, so he leaves. And presumably goes right to Holodeck 4, but we don't know. He doesn't say he's going to do it this time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Enterprise gets to Raycog Seronia, and two more members of Alcar's team beam up. And one is a sort of pretty woman. And I only mention that because it's part of the plot. Yeah, it's a woman for sure. Yeah. It's a, a youngish woman. It's a youngish woman. It's a it's a credible sexual threat to now crazy Deanna Troy. That's right. Uh, anyway, the situation on the planet's not good, but in a very localized sense. Like Picard thinks, you know, what if we just kind of wait a week? It seems like things might probably cool down. Like yeah. this may be the worst of all possible times, but... Uh, yeah, they're not going to do that. Alcar's in a hurry. And uh, so then Picard tries to get them to at least choose a neutral location for talks, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut to a counseling session where Troy comes at some woman. Yeah. Just nasty stuff about nobody loves a whiner. And, yep. uh, Tur- I'll blame. turn the whole thing around like, how do you think it feels to be me? Yeah. It's like, uh-oh, that's not what you want to hear from your therapist. That lady took it the wrong way. She took it as, oh, I am the worst. Yeah. I'm so bad my therapist wants to kill herself or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's real bad stuff. Um, but also, Beverly Crusher's on her bullshit again. <laughs> if she can't autopsy this body, she then she wants to look at a transporter log or something, and she can't figure out how to do that. So she, she goes says, down to Jordy's office. She says to Captain Picard that if she can't do the autopsy, she's going to hold her breath forever. <laughs> it's crazy. 
Like, this is, we don't know how much time has passed. Maybe about 18 hours, but yeah. it's been eating at her. She cannot sleep. She's, she, she's like, when the internet goes out, she you put can't her sleep. fucking hair ribbon on and everything last night, <laughs> and then she just laid in that bed and fumed. Um,. She goes down to Jordy's fucking office where he's trying to do some work and makes him complicit in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, like the worst, too. Just sits there staring at him while he uh-huh. tries to retrieve whatever fucking file she wants. Uh-huh, yeah, and they find some slight discrepancy, and Jordy's like, well, I can run diagnostics on the biofilter and on your tricorder. Please say no, and please she's say like, no, please yes, say please. no. Yes, ah. please. Please do 20 to 30 hours of extra work for me. <laughs> An old lady died, and I'm mad. I wish we could ever figure out what's really eating in her. What, what is she trying to solve here? She's trying to solve her life, but she just takes it out on all these poor she, dead bodies. It's like, how many years has she wasted having breakfast with perpetual virgin Jean, Jean-Luc Picard? <laughs> is that what it is? That's what she's trying to solve. She's just like... She I, needs to do an autopsy on her own heart, man. She's just like, she goes to bed every night and she's like, you know what, tomorrow, I'm not going to go to breakfast. That's right. And if he wants to talk to me... Or make time for me, he can do that. And then the next morning she gets up and she's and she like, goes to breakfast. I'm, I'm going to go to breakfast. That's right. Yep. And she needs to do an autopsy on her own fucking soul and figure this shit out. I don't even like breakfast with him because he just wants to eat a croissant and read the paper. <laughs> yeah. It's super boring. Uh, meanwhile, in 10 forward, Troy is dressed, quote, Jersey Shore fancy. <laughs> And starts giving the exact same sass to the woman on Alcar's team that mommy gave to her. Yeah. Plus, she throws in a little professional jealousy angle towards the male member of the team. Mm-hmm. And Riker sees this and escorts her out of there and gives her a talking to. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't. To- what he doesn't say to her is the thing that you should say, which is, "You sound fucking crazy." <laughs> he says a bunch of stuff about like how she's dressed. And how it's yep. just not her, and it's like, no, no, you can say it, dude. She's a lunatic, suddenly. I mean, I I have a theory um, about Riker's mental model of what's happening at this point that we'll get into <laughs> in Theory Corner later. Okay, cool. Um, when they get to her quarters, she, like, pulls his neck down to kiss him a couple of times, and then rakes his face and neck with her nails, <laughs> and he gives her grade one Riker face and backs out of the room. And he says, what is this? Also, it's, honestly, it's one of the worst acted scenes in the, all of Star Trek. His, what is this is so pathetic. I, I also have more notes about it later. Yeah, yeah. 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 After the credits, she's back in the red jumpsuit and Alcar comes in and finds her. And now she's in old age makeup. It's not good either. It's not the good makeup. It's the bad. It's the Jameson it's, makeup. It is. It is the Jameson makeup. <laughs> Um, he tells her he's going down to the surface without her. And, uh, oh, and yeah, he is taking, uh, Leva, that, that woman from the team. Yeah. And he hints that whatever is happening here is making it possible for him to do his work somehow. But, um, only to her. So no one hears it. Yeah. But he is fairly open about it. Like he will be later. (laughs) Yeah. Like he's going to be extremely open about it in about three minutes. Yep. Uh, Riker's getting his face fixed by Beverly and talking about the situation with her and, um, and you know, Beverly's not going to let this slide. So the two of them go looking for her. Yeah. Uh, Picard is seeing Alcar off in the transporter room when Troy comes in with a jagged knife and stabs Picard a little as a treat. (laughs) Uh, 
<laughs> it was a treat for me. That scene was a treat. Uh, I thought maybe it was the knife. It's not, but I thought it was maybe the knife from Suddenly Human. I was going to say it's the Jono knife, but is it the not? The Jono knife, which is especially the case because then the security officers we see are dressed in Talarian outfits because they just reused them <laughs> uh, in a minute. But, um, but that's not the same prop. I don't think it is. Okay. I know it was a jagged Maybe it is. Knife. It's varies. It's similar. But okay. I thought the, the Jono knife was a Klingon knife that had like a crazy blade. But oh, I may I be mean, confusing fine. that with the Klingon knife. That Worf needs to do himself with. That Worf wants to do himself with, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. She stabs him a little. Riker and Beverly take her off to sick bay. Alcar heads out on his mission. Troy's neurotransmitter levels are super high. Just like Alcar's mom and yeah. Crusher again wants to do this autopsy on her. Yes, yes. They, but they can't reach Alcar because now he's in the middle of a negotiation. So Picard says, yeah, all right, this time you can do it. Sure. Well, it turns out that um, that the woman was actually 30. Right. And definitely not Alcar's mother. And Worf and Picard beam down to talk to Alcar who has just stepped out for a break and yeah. explains very plainly to Picard that he is channeling his fucking dark passenger into <laughs> Troy so yep. that he can negotiate real good. She's going to die for sure. He knows that. It might take he's surprised at how fast it's going, but she's 100% going to die, but he needs it so he feels chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't expect Troy to age so fast. He tells Picard to his face that his receptacles usually yeah. live for years. <laughs> Super cool about it. Probably because he's feeling so good because he got all those negative emotions yeah, out. Yeah, he doesn't have a care yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. He doesn't have guilt or anything. In nah. there. That's all in Troy. It's all Chris and Fresh today, man. Uh, <laughs> his whole pitch is that his work, his negotiating work, Helps thousands of people and what are a few lives in the face of that. Mm -hmm. And because there are some security people there who, although they must have overheard what has been said, <laughs> are still like, no, this guy's the negotiator, though. We got to protect him. He's a great hero. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, we'll only negotiate with Reva. Yes, those, that like, kind of deal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of this is Reva Redux. That's a great episode again, title. There's a lot of... It's a lot of, like, um, this episode's just strictly worse than Reva. Anyway, <laughs> than Loud as a Whisper. Less than Reva. Yes, it's less than Reva for sure. Uh, they can't physically arrest him, and there's enough of a force field that they can't beam him up either. So Picard says, well, first of all, f figure that out, because uh, these guys suck, so we'll be able to get past that. <laughs> That's actually pretty embarrassing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to be embarrassed like that. <laughs> and then he goes down to sickbay. And Beverly comes up with Beverly Crusher's usual plan. Yeah. Let's kill Deanna temporarily. <laughs> She's been doing this since season one, bro. Yep. She's probably been doing that for years before season one. How many people yeah. do you suppose she has killed only to bring them back as part of a zany scheme? Look, I don't know. The first time they did it to Lutan's wife, and I don't think anyone really cared if she stayed dead. <laughs> if I'm honest... These people did not act like they cared a lot about that aspect of the plan. Yeah, that's true. Um, but she's got to convince Riker that she can safely kill Deanna Troy and bring her back mm -hmm. uh, in this one. And also, she needs to explain a lot of what's about to happen to Riker. Well, he needs a lot of explanation. So he, he needs explanation. He needs analysis and all kinds of stuff. Anyway. I mean, he does is... ask the question, when she comes back, will she like me more? <laughs> and then when Crusher just goes, yes. He goes, all right, do it. Yep. Like it's his call, by the way. <laughs> yep. 
Um, I do own her. The plan is that they gotta time it right so that Alcar will bond with some, start bonding with someone else during that thirty minute window, so <clears throat> that then when they bring Troy back, he doesn't just zip right back into her brain. This part was so fucking convoluted. Yeah, I but didn't also- understand it. And I've seen this episode a dozen times. Yes. Also, they are a little bit worried that that's not a nice thing to do. Sure. <laughs> that just, just making it someone else's problem isn't that cool. But Picard just hand waves at it like, we'll just keep a transporter lock on her. That's right. All right. Hope that helps. It seems transporter like this guy can code. do it from a whole planet away, so I don't know. Yeah, transporter code, whichever one doesn't blow her up. Yeah, one of the ones that doesn't. <sighs> Alcar has wrapped up the negotiations, which only took a day with Troy's help. So, yeah, you know, he did if it. he hadn't been able to shed his dark emotions <laughs> onto her, it might have taken 36 hours. And <laughs> imagine you know, it would have been so much price. less focused. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, the negotiations are over because that's how it works in Star Trek. Yeah, man. I mean, get in, except get in a better episode, Loud as a Whisper, where they <laughs> left Reva behind because the, the negotiations were language. going to take months. Yes. Yeah, man. It is worse than the Reva episode. I mean, it's. Ju- I mean, I, 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 there's a reason I said it's strictly worse. I think it's worse in every way. <laughs> I think that's right. I'm going to go back and see what we gave it. What that episode, for one thing, is based a lot less on rape. That one was called uh, Loud as a Whisper. It yeah. got... 32 points. Yeah, this one's hey, not going to get 32. Spo- again, spoiler alert. It's not going to get that. <laughs> uh, anyway, Alcar's finished the negotiations when he suddenly falls over and gets a call from Picard who tells him that Counselor Troy is dying and that, f- frankly, they're going to beam him up through the force field anyway. They figured that part out. That's right. Uh, so he and Leva beam up and they walk into sickbay right as Counselor, uh, right as Crusher pronounces Counselor Troy dead and uh, Picard sends... Uh, no, Alcar sends Leva to go wait for him in his quarters. And she's like, absolutely, whatever you say. Yeah, 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 I'll do the rocks. Well, I know about the rocks. I know, I know about the, words, the rocks, man. and I'm going to do them. Um, Alcar tells Picard the Federation Council has promised him safe passage back to his home planet. Now, he does not say, uh, since the revelation that I am a multiple murderer, <laughs> the Federation has still promised me safe passage back. He doesn't seem yeah. to feel like that's a promise that can be revoked. He doesn't say, I checked with them on the way up, and they yep. still say it's okay. No, again, dude, he's so calm from getting rid of his negative emotions yeah, that yep, he yep, is yep, blowing yep. it big time. <laughs> he is blowing it big time. Anyway, he just kind of tells Picard he can't do shit. <laughs> and uh, then as soon as he walks out, Picard starts the plan in motion. By the way, they said they had 30 minutes to do this, but they used 27 of them yeah. Getting Alcar up from the surface somehow. Yeah, it wasn't great. Because this clock is at three minutes. Uh, Alcar very quickly convinces Leva to do the funeral meditation, and they start their chanting. Apparently this guy can't go without a receptacle at all. No. Yeah, Even though the negotiations not. are done. Yes. He still can't do it. That's why I think that it wasn't that time passed, and that's why it's dark in his quarters and no one's there when he does it with Troy. I think he threw people out to do it. <laughs> that's right. He needs to do it right now. This old yeah, lady died, and now. I need someone now. I Crusher. feel bad now, and I don't <laughs> like it. I'm used to not feeling bad. Yeah. Crusher starts reviving Troy and reversing the neurotransmitter levels, and this causes everything to feed back into Alcar. 
who grabs Leva and tries to bond with her as he ages and falls over. Yeah. Uh, Troy morphs back to normal for some reason. Yeah, yeah, you know why. Just She just does a fucking black or white Michael Jackson. <laughs> no, it's not black or white. What was the one? No, it was the end of yeah, black or white. Black or white's the one where all the faces keep melding into each other. It's not sure. remember the time. It's black nah, or That's a different one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she morphs back to normal that style. Yeah. And old man Alcor, Alcar struggles to the door and Worf just looks at him as he falls <laughs> over and dies of a heart attack. <laughs> Worf really does just fucking watch him eat it. Uh, Troy and Riker have tea, and Riker says he'll always stand by her, even when she's old and gray, like that was the problem, the end. <laughs> he was trying to tell us what the episode was about, but he didn't know. Yeah, but he was he missed a lot of it, honestly. He wasn't down on the surface when Alcar explained what was happening. <laughs> That's right. It wasn't the Matthew. conflict that you got really old. <laughs> wasn't that what the episode was about? And I was like super cool, because I was like, I love you anyway, even though you're old. Uh, yeah. Matthew, what's this one about? Yo, man. All I could come up with was using others is wrong. Which is no shit. That's yep. a one. Um, okay, I focused on it a little more. Okay, good. Well, this... um, see what happened was I got rid of my dark passenger and then I was just too chill to come up with anything <laughs> okay. else. Yeah. Um, this is an episode about a great man. Using mm. younger women and replacing them when they get too old. And the take has to be that you can't be a great man if you're doing bad things, right? Like, this okay. is how he thinks of himself, right? He's doing all this important work. Uh, and it doesn't matter if a few little people get Why stepped on. Was this like, like a Bill Clinton one or something? Uh, I mean, it's too early to have been. I'm Well, I don't know. Season six, isn't this nine? This must be nine trace or something, right? Yeah, this is in one nine nine trace. But when was when was the oh, but he was even stuff when even he was just out? running for president, he had all this stuff, this Jennifer Flowers stuff, and all this oh, other stuff. Was, was some like, were there some conservative fuckers on this writing staff who were like just like fucking just like slick Willie? Oh, man, if they were, they kept quiet on it. But I see it is possible to read it that way. Yeah. Um, but it is so watered down that it hurts. Like the thing <laughs> that this guy does is negotiates treaties a little better. He thinks. By There's no way to negative prove it. emotions. There's no evidence for That's it. That's what I love. So it's it's weak and bad as sci-fi, but that there are people who believe this, right? Like in oh, yeah. these sort of great men who oh, they have personal their, they uh, have their little faults. flaws, but yeah, uh, you know, like your wife went to MIT. There's a guy, professor there, who did a bunch of great physics demonstrations. Yeah. Later, it turned out he was a real creep to young women. Yeah. And there are definitely, if you read about it, there are people who were like, okay, I mean, he was probably a creep, but like... But look at the great science. I loved all those videos. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be clear. Are you blaming my wife for that guy? No, 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 no. no. I know your wife didn't oh, okay. uh, all right. flip on him. <laughs> Um, that's right she takes care of her own anyway <laughs> there are people who buy into this great man bullshit I don't hate yeah. the take uh, they did it's just like they just did the worst possible job with it ah, boy, um, it's just I'm so confused because I would think that these writers absolutely thought a great man could do that you know that seems like right up their alley that, well, I would, but they I would think just... Picard wouldn't think so 
<laughs> also, this show is vehemently anti-scientist, and a lot of those great men types are scientists. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> even okay. though, they, even though they don't make uh, Riva two one of them. I mean, uh, it is true that is that. I mean, that would be the good way to read this episode. Yes. That... So that's my reading, and I gave it as many as a five. But don't worry, that's most of the points I'm giving it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. What about execution? Execution. Um. Well, first of all, I just felt sorry for Marina Sirtis the whole time. Mm. Like, she just has to act crazy and ice her nips for forty minutes <laughs> so that Picard can give some guy a stern talking to. I asked out loud, why is she working so hard on this terrible script? Uh-huh. She acted as hard as she could. Oh, yeah. Um, she has no agency at all this week. It's all Beverly Crusher and Will Riker and Picard and a guest star. Yeah. And they make the stakes so low in this episode. Picard wants to wait a week. They can't do that. They have to strike now. The whole negotiation takes maybe six hours. Like, everything that happens in the plot of this episode undercuts the urgency of it. Uh-huh. And of course this guy has got some kind of immunity. Like, the only weird thing about it is that it's not Picard saying there's no law for his crime or whatever. <laughs> that's true. That would, that's what we've come to expect, for right. sure. Like, of course he's not going to get any kind of judicial punishment. We just have to root for him to die when this thing gets reversed, right? I mean, that's what Worf was rooting for. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. And it's weird how time-compressed this whole episode is. I think maybe two days pass in the story, and again, there's no reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what's good about this one. Like, yeah. it's not fun to watch. No. Hey, man, I'll just tell you now because it's not in my notes anywhere. At one point, mom walked out. And I said, no, you're not supposed to come out here. This is exactly what I always worried about as a kid watching episodes like this. You're going to come out during the one sex minute of Star she's gonna, Trek. She's going to come out and uh, Marina Sirtis is in that fucking nightgown that yep. must have barely passed standards and practices and standard <laughs> definition. I, I mean, I can't, honestly, I can't understand how it made it through. It, it's wild that it got through at all. She naked, man. She wasn't oily. And that's the only thing you can say about it. <laughs> She wasn't particularly oily. There are parts of this episode where she has clearly oiled herself up. Well, yeah. Her uh, decolletage. Oh, no. Well, that's supposed to be uh, a dewy sweat from having done five Thai cheese. <laughs> well, whatever it is. I'm saying the actress has clearly yeah, oiled yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Not the actress. Uh, some makeup artist yeah. had to do that. Came out and yeah. did that. Anyway, I get it. Uh, it's a one from me on execution. Yeah. All right. Well, I said, thanks, geekoids. I imagine what they said was, the hero of the story has a magic rock that can make any lady horny for him. <laughs> and she gets all used up and dies. It's awesome. <laughs> man, it almost reads like that. I mean, that's the plot, man. It's, it's pathetic. Couldn't they at least have made it more of a dilemma for us at home? This guy is straight killing people, so he feels easy breezy. Yes. I mean, again... At no point is there any evidence yeah. that this has any effect at all on his ability to negotiate mm -hmm. treaties, a thing which any adult will recognize is not the result of the heroic effort of one genius. Yep. Yeah. You could never prove that this thing was helping to win peace. So he's basically a, just a mustache twirler. So yeah. that's never great. Also, why do his negative emotions make her so horny? <laughs> is that one of the ones he considers a negative one? Is it yes. is the horniness yeah. distracting him from his peace efforts? Hey, not only that, but like... 
he's definitely must be unloading some kind of jealousy into his receptacles too. Yeah. It's a huge part of both Alcar's mom yep. and Troy. We see him both and of it, them for sure. But we have no there's no context. What is he jealous about? Yeah. I thought that there was a maybe a hint of a place for there to be an angle for that yeah. when his they get there and his team beams aboard and now they've got to include Picard in their fucking uh, planning yeah. sessions, right? Like that was a space for him to be jealous. Mm-hmm. But he does about, take like, Picard's suggestion, and he's not no, jealous about it. It's just, it's just yep. not. Well, of course, he, because he's, he's offloading his he's jealousy, but it, like it doesn't yeah. correspond then with the scene where Troy suddenly becomes jealous. Like, yeah, it's not mapped out tightly. No. Another one. They specifically point out she can read him like she reads everyone. Why can't yeah. she tell he's lying? He tells many lies right in front of her. Uh huh. Yeah. At no point does she suspect he's lying. When he's like, uh, before the rocks, my, my old mom's been sick for months. That's a lie. Go, oh, that's weird. He that was for sure. That was a big lie. And he says she was twenty eight or thirty or whatever. Uh, he says she was ninety three, but she was really twenty eight or thirty or whatever. She she ends up being. She she doesn't immediately register. That's a lie. Yep. I don't understand that. She can always tell when people are fucking lying. <sighs> yep. It's like her main power. It's just, but as always, her power is adjusted to whatever the script requires. Um, I think that what is this scene was so bad because it sounds like Riker did a voiceover. <laughs> like I the don't mic, think it was. Like the mic crept out and they had to get that in post or something. It, it sounds so bad coming out of his mouth. It's very weak. The way, like yeah. I imagine a bombastic what is this, but yeah. it's not. It's not at all. It's, what is this? The old Troy makeup is fucking brutal. Again, it's Jameson makeup. It's so bad. I hate it when they do this. They were like, hey, what is? Uh, what do you think Troy's going to look like when she's old? Well, I don't know. Should we kind of make her try to look a little more like Luoxana? Uh no. no. Let's give her like a fucking deformed eye. Yeah, let's really fuck her up. <laughs> Big pouchy cheeks and like her eyes, her, like one eye is real, one eyelid's real droopy. <laughs> like she had a stroke? Yeah. yeah, old people you know, have not, strokes. You know, not, old, not all old people have had strokes, right? I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but it'll read old <laughs> when she reverts back to her young self in sick bay. Her hair gets all its curls back. Yeah, that's science. Yeah, listen, that scene was dumb. Uh, I said it was an episode without any redeeming qualities, and I gave it zero. All right. Well, there we go. What about um, world building, though? You got Recog Scrotonia or whatever. One yeah. of those planets with space travel and two warring factions and battle cruisers and all kinds of shit. Uh, their fight has been threatening Federation ships for many months. Lumerians are empathic with each other, but not other species. Unless they got cool. magic rocks. <laughs> well. Uh, Dilamadon is the fucking nice way to go, man. Crusher yes. tries to tell Riker about how fucking good it's gonna be to die that way. Yeah, it's the most gentle way to go, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just said, LOL, man, you have exactly 30 minutes after you die, and then you're really gone for good. Down to the second. Yep, don't worry, the computer will be able to do a countdown on it. They track it, it is down not to the based- second. It's not based in any way on readings of inside her brain. Nope. Like there's it, just a timer. It's not like uh, they don't. Ogawa's around this week. She doesn't get yelled at about anything. <laughs> she's not. She's a little nervous when 
uh, Troy starts to go or whatever. Like, I'm going to get blamed for this. But still, <laughs> but it's not like Ogawa's giving readings and Troy's looking nervous about getting this thing started. No, it's a yeah. fucking timer. It's just they, a timer. You just you set a timer you start on the timer when the person dies and that's it. It's uh, it's just the good. It's the good stuff. It's all the good stuff this week. Uh, this guy's magic rocks that let him dump his negative emotions. Uh, I don't know. It was all alien of the week stuff, and I gave it one point. Yeah, um, I gave it one point two. I also mentioned the Lamadon, the nice death truck. The idea of Federation shipping routes mm. has never come up before. <laughs> Not even in TOS, where they were we, always doing minerals? I, I mean, I really don't think so. Mining. Like, we got very few glimpses of Federation economy. We saw a couple of miners, and we knew that Quadro Triticale was maybe an important grain. <laughs> That's right. No, but Kirk was annoyed by it. Yeah. Uh, but, like, but there's just nothing. But then, also, don't worry. There's nothing about it this week, either. They just mentioned it. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, time for the annual crew evaluation. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so... Um, I gave it one point also. It's not a lot this week. Like no. you said, it's Alien of the Week shit. Yeah, there wasn't much going on. Character work. So again, Troy has gone from a competent character with useful insights to a perpetual victim of music box migraines or alien impregnation or telepathic rape or now psychic vampirism. <laughs> And if that Which also turns it into a weird, horny thrall. Yes. If that wasn't bad enough, the only other trait she has is that she has a sweet tooth. <laughs> and I know it came up in this week's Voyager, and it comes up in this week's TNG too. But of course. Um, but what if she was less professional, some writer asked. All yeah. jealous and horny everywhere and getting older, which is shameful. <laughs> That's right. That's the worst of it. Um... Riker's a little bit of a slow thinker this week. He should have grapplered this guy as soon as he saw the dead mom. Yeah, and I thought he was, um, I thought he would have been feeling good lately, or am I misremembering that? I, we're always tracking Riker. Is he, is this feeling good Riker? Is this down on his luck Riker? What, uh, I don't well, know what stage was we're in these days. Realm of Fear. He was pretty nice to Barkley in that one, and then he dipped. <laughs> uh, time yeah, Zero. Really time Zero, he got I to Dragon Punch a cop. cop. That was okay. Yeah, the inner light, he inner was. The inner light was not a good lasts one for cool him. In 10 minutes. Not a good one uh, for him. Next phase, he's doing all that Rolaren talk. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I can't yeah, read yeah, him right yeah. now. I don't know what stage he's in. I bored. But he wasn't great in this. In, but he does want to. I mean, he's in it to the extent that he does want to genocide the Borg. Right. Imaginary friend, he's not in. The perfect mate is where he went to Holodeck for. That may have been when things started to go wrong for him, huh? Again. <laughs> yep. <sighs> Uh, anyway, slow thinking this week. I wish he'd have grapplered this guy. Yeah. Um, Beverly Crusher is clue-style crazy as usual, but since she's also always right, I don't know why they wouldn't go back to that well. Like, Yep, they've written her to be right every single time she's been irrationally suspicious. Yep. For some reason, Data's entire job this week is to see Troy in her sex dress and get up out of his bar stool to ask Riker, you seeing this shit? <laughs> Yo, your girl's fucking... Your girl's fucking spreading it all around, man. So who's good this week, Matthew? I mean, Picard's ah. anti-murder. Is that a big deal? Is it well, a big character for him. that he thinks this guy's doing something bad? I chose some growth for him. He's previously been pretty pro-murder. 
I gave it as my. Uh, this is the guy who killed his own clone. This is the guy who <laughs> oh, said, yeah. if you're a real friend to Worf, you'll fucking cut his throat for him or whatever. <laughs> this true. is the guy who said, oh, you killed an entire species? There's nothing we can do about that. So, I mean, maybe that is character growth. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, I gave it a three. All right. Um, Troy gets weird passenger duty this week. Just send her down to deal with the weirdos that ship didn't want anymore. She and Riker have some crew evaluations that neither of them want to do, but they must surely realize it's their job because they can't be trusted to do anything else. Yeah. Uh, Troy doesn't even wear a sports bra under that low-cut karate gi. No. Just lets the girls fucking... Let them air out, man. It's in my quick hitters. Crusher... And by the way, that was before she showed up in her real... Her actually revealing outfit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Crusher just puts it on Front Street every time. I don't <laughs> care about the customs of all cars people. Yeah, lady, or we wolf. know. You say it every week. We know yeah. that. It's kind of your main character trait. Yeah. You got to stop wearing that hat that says facts over feelings. <laughs> uh, Worf is pathetically disarmed in the scene on the planet. Yeah, bro, you didn't see either security guy coming. Then he just looks into this slimy fuck's eyes and watches him die, waits until he's completely dead, and then calmly presses his communicator to report it. Uh huh. Quick reflexes there, guy. <laughs> uh, it's almost also, as if Picard sent him not, down there to make sure he was dead. Does not check whether Alcar is dead. Nope. Reports that Alcar is dead, so yep. no one is going to send a medical team. It is not an emergency. He's dead already. Don't send anyone. It's fine. It's almost like Picard sent him there to make sure he died. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Again, you're in my notes. But yes. uh, will this week mess with Riker in a big way? Again, we're always tracking it. We'll find out. Uh, not a lot of characterization, and not great characterization. Um, I'm gonna give it a three. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the numbers are in. It did not score 34 points. It, in fact, only scored 15, so <laughs> not as good. Yep. But do you have some quick hitters? Uh, yeah, I sang a three-minute impromptu song about how much I have to see that Klingon Tai Chi. It's the best. As soon <laughs> as it started happening, me. I could not. I had to burst into song. Uh, Just like Riva, this guy has no plan. His plan is to show up and see what happens. Yep. These fucking space diplomats, man. Uh-huh. Just make a plan. It is like the writers of Star Trek think that being prepared to do your job is a Oh, it's, for it's a little bit gay. Yeah, right? that's right, exactly. That's how they would have said it. Uh-huh. It's uh, a little try hard. Uh, man, Marina Sirtis continues to be fucking awful at walk and talks, though. Uh, it's tough also because this guy is six, three. six inches tall. It's going to say he was so much taller than her. But she's so bad at him, man. She she's, barely gets her lines out. It's very tough. And listen, no one on TNG is good at them. No. It is not. None of these guys. There's a reason none of these guys are in the West Wing, right? Like, <laughs> it's all, a show I assume is all walk and talk. I assume, that's my guess. I haven't seen the it. The president's so busy. He can't stand in a room and talk. But yeah, none of these guys can do it. But she, she can't mm. keep up, and she's got to. She, you know, she's got to do it on heels. But she, uh, 
She's from bad. England. She can't Jerry Ryan it around in heels all the time. No, no, no. They aren't ready for that. No. Um, Troy gets so horny that it actually disturbs her. Yeah. But, you know, that rock. What are you going to do? <laughs> um, and I said, dang, man, you could show a lot of nip on Channel 44 back in the day, huh? You could definitely show, like, a clear outline that included every bump on an areola. Holy shit, that outfit she was wearing when Riker barges in on her is just mainly nips. Yeah, it's tough. That was a tough one. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. Uh, I saw Jordy's pips after you pointed them out. It's weird how often the pips get messed up. He's got weird two empty pips and a full pip. It's like, I don't know, they have to dry clean those uniforms or something between shows. So I they gotta it. take the fucking pips off and put them back on. But, like, I know that there's a Polaroid next to it in the there's little fucking supposed garment to be. bag for every one of those uniforms that shows exactly where the accessories go back Yeah, see, it. but this makes me think that there isn't one of those. Because they often mess up the pips. They fucked it up for one scene last week in Realm of Fear, and in this one... I know none of you guys watch it. There's a scene where Jordy is wearing from the inside, from the neck out, black pip, black pip, gold pip, which is exactly <laughs> reversed. It's just not it, buddy. It's just it doesn't correspond to any rank we've seen before. It's it's just a clear continuity error, but it's yeah. like Yeah, that one that's a bad one. But I never noticed it before, only after you pointed it out to me. So it doesn't really matter, I guess. It's just they they'd mess it up a lot. Um Marjan had the perfect confused face the whole episode. The face everyone has always had when watching this episode for the first time. It's just like the fourth time she's seen it, but the confused face remains. Yeah. She, every time I looked at her, she looked so confused by what was happening. Uh, the Picard stunt double in the Troy fracas <laughs> was priceless. Dude looked like Hutch from the Baryon Sweep episode. <laughs> It was, it looked nothing like Pat Stu. It was like a short, stocky, balding guy. Um, <laughs> why does Troy get past Picard's guards so easily? Oh, yeah. Did the rock make her horny and give her, me- was she possessed of mega strength? She had, she had crazy person strength. And Do rabies uh, make you stronger? Did she have rabies? Never in a million years did he expect... Uh, Troy to come in looking 90 years old and stab him with a knife. And he just was not mentally in that place. He was, that was like, this was not Chadich Picard that we see here. I fucking this guess This was not, fucking man. diplomat Picard seeing another diplomat off to go do diplomacy. Because he does stop her blow, but then she just like fucking Pushes powers through right through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's enough that she can't get a good deep stab in there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're right. She does just fucking push through it. Riker says at the end that Alcar wasn't able to establish a link on that other lady. On her. Mm-hmm, he does okay, say Franks. On. Whatever, buddy. Just one take. One take. Let's move. I mean, it's either Franks we got or the, Riker, We got 26 right? of these like, to shoot this week. I mean, this year. Let's move on. Like, I don't know that he wasn't reading directly from the script and, and it said on, but like, yeah, that's rough. They just furrowed my brow when he said that. He couldn't <laughs> establish a link on her. <sighs> well, you know, the writers do think of women as objects. and so. That's true. Yeah. Uh, that was all my quick hitters. An important Federation shipping route is a wild thing to exist near a warring non-Federation planet. 
Yeah, you should probably move that. Yeah. Like, ship. <laughs> hey, you guys got warp drive and Here's stuff. Here's the deal about shipping routes is like, um, you don't have to keep using the same ones the same yeah. way. Yeah, you can go, you can go around yeah. or under. Yep. <laughs> it's space. You <laughs> can go a lot of ways. Um, it's a little thing, but it's almost the only thing that happens before Troy gets, uh, ganked. But she has such a boss interaction with this lady in the transporter room. Mm. She walks in and shoots her a little smile like, I'm one of the good ones, but says nothing to her. <laughs> she just walks in and smiles at the transporter operator. And it's like, I, this is what it feels like if I ever run into the CEO of <laughs> my right. companies. Like, hey, they recognize that I work here and they haven't heard anything specifically negative about me. That's right. <laughs> They're going to give me a little smile, but uh, this is not going to become an interaction. I'm not that lady from that one episode who was abusing all the prescription pills. Right. <laughs> um, I guess it would have been jarring to cast the guy from Seventh Heaven slash Commander Decker as Alcar, but it seems like they wanted one of those guys. That's what they were going for, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, like, he was they like didn't a know he was slightly... a pedophile yet. They were like, I kind of want that guy. He was like a slightly more monstrous version of that guy. Yes. Looked a little bit like he had a little monster in him. Like he, like <laughs> maybe his great-grandmother was a monster or something. Something like that. <laughs> little monster DNA. Little mouth. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> This comment is for Troy and Alcar. Uh, come on, man. Take those towels to the replicator. Don't just throw them on the padded bench. Yeah, is Worf gonna do that? Is that Worf's job? Yeah, that whole exercise studio is gonna smell like feet, and <laughs> Randy's gonna get a fucking service ticket about it, even yeah. though he's supposed to be an engineer, but it's just like, ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Even though you don't have to actually do laundry on this ship, and you can just throw these fucking things into the matter reclamator that's probably in that room where you get a fresh fucking workout towel that's shining on one side every time. Yep. But people are they still just fucking, fucking lazy throw them animals, down on the bench man. And they don't care. Yeah, that's right. No one cares about poor Randy. Man, I almost quit when Troy said out loud <laughs> that she's going to reward herself with two ice cream sundaes <laughs> for doing her job. Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate for doing the fucking crew. I'm going to reward myself for with two ice cream. Honestly, I've since I've started this. listening to Bonanas for Bonanza, I've started to replace her voice with Amy <laughs> with Amy Sleverson. Amy Sleverson's voice. <laughs> Some of the things she says, I just in my head it's replaced by her doing that thing where she gets real excited. Yeah, uh, Maria Bamford is an absolute treasure, and uh, I really do love her in Bonanas for Bonanza. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, who anyway? So who wrote who wrote this trash? Yeah. Who who someone wrote so that Marina Sirtis in an episode where she's got to fucking get her tits out and finger her collarbones and stuff <laughs> yep. and scream oh, at she women did too, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah she yeah, worked yeah. that collarbone over. Uh huh. Yeah, you didn't know that that was a thing, but then you're like, oh, well, it turns out that's a thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, in an episode where she's got to do that, she's got to say the words, "I'm going to reward myself with two ice cream Sundays." <laughs> Fuck. They hate her. Fuck. You know, one time we did look up who the writer of an episode was just so we could call them out. Yes, that is true. <laughs> we could uh, do that again if we wanted. <laughs> I mean, but we'll, that, we'll just have a call out every week. It's just going to be the problem. That's the problem. I don't want to have to do this all the time. Um, I'm just, I'm feeling too too chill. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Don't ask about my receptacles. That's right. 
I'm also, guessing... it's rude of you to ask about my receptacles, honestly. <laughs> uh, come on, man. I thought everybody knew we didn't talk about this. Yeah, it's rude of you to try to bring up my personal stuff when I'm feeling so chill right now. I'm guessing Riker doesn't get down to molecular biology very often because he says Lieutenant Jeffrey Freitas like he's never heard of him. <laughs> the first guy they're going to do the, the crew evaluation on. It's not a good sign. It popped up and he's like, no fucking clue. I got nothing on this guy. Do you know him? I, I don't hate know. doing this. Okay, so we're fucked. Okay, so we're supposed to give only five percent of people get fives, and we're but forty percent of people are supposed to get fours. Oh god! <laughs> but if we give him a two, we have to discipline him. Oh Jesus! I don't know. And we have to like provide guy. rationale, and I don't know who he I is. I don't know shit. I don't know shit about this guy. Let's copy and paste from his self evaluation, like we always do. Let's give. Unfortunately, we're going to have to give everyone we know the bad ones. Because <laughs> we can actually talk about them. And everyone we don't know is going to have to get the good grades. Well, they never... Turns out we never do. They never do get around to doing Lieutenant Jeffrey Freitas' crew evaluation. I think she got around to doing Jeffrey Freitas, honestly. I Listen, it's possible that Earring Magic Ken was Lieutenant Jeffrey Freitas. Wouldn't it be so that, funny if he'd been he, like... It's in Freitas or whatever. <laughs> now, all I'm going to say is he wasn't dressed like he was a molecular biologist. He was in. That's true. He was uh, in the gold. Services gold. Yeah. 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 Um. Now, see, Troy doesn't get into historical enterprise stuff until the Pegasus incident. <laughs> or she'd know that this is how Trip got pregnant. That's right, man. Don't fuck around with magic alien yeah. rocks. Hey, if someone's got a fucking... If someone wants you to hold a geode and they're going to do something with a second geode, yeah. get out. And you know what? Especially, this thing starts to glow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, Time to go. You're Time done. Time to go. <laughs> you're done. I dropped that shit right on the ground. I'm not even polite about it. I don't even put it back in the little rock case. I go, mm, your rock glowed. I just uh, say I, to you, I say to the guy, <laughs> your rock glowed, and then I walk so. out. We're Walk done. Right out. <laughs> Listen, it's uh, it's actually Starfleet General Order number nine. <laughs> if the rock glows, you gots to go. That's right. <laughs> um, I forgot there was an Ensign Janeway on the ship. I'm, I mean, has that happened before this episode? I don't know. Yeah, no. But, like, consensus is that that's the woman who Troy abuses in a counseling session is Ensign oh, Janeway. Well... That she will never hear from her again because she transferred 100%. Okay. Well, for sure. She tried to report some bullying and then she got bullied. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess... So we see two uniform changes. Troy was in gray and then switches to red. And then Picard is in his regular uniform oh, yeah. and then he's in his action sweats. I guess that was just to indicate that it was the next day yeah. as if that's a thing this show has ever, ever done about. once. Yeah. Some director was like... Oh, but so it's the next day. It says here interior the next day. Okay, I guess we should have him put on different outfits. Who has two (laughs) outfits on the show? Just the two of you? Really? All right. Just wears one, huh? (laughs) It's weird. Uh, You say Jordy sleeps in his uniform. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, Also, while we're doing uniform stuff, uh. Uh, Beverly Crusher does a little bit of business. She's wearing her medical coat when she fixes Riker's scratches, but when it's time to go look for Troy, she takes it off. Mm, Why? See? Don't know. Uh, she's not pregnant anymore, so at least well, she's not there's, pregnant. there's a real life reason. <laughs> okay, hey, I've um, I've worn a gi. Sure. Troy 
you're going to want to put something on under it. <laughs> once, you get, once you get past the katas and Worf starts flipping and throwing people, <laughs> they do not stay closed. I mean, there was plenty of boobage coming out and they weren't doing nothing. Yeah. It just seemed like a risky maneuver, for sure. Uh, when we got to the nightgown scene, I wrote, no way Marina Sirtis could have guessed what this would look like in HD. <laughs> That's right. Nah, look, <laughs> no she's, she was an actress before this show. She did some movies that included nudity. She probably is not worried about it, but, like, I still feel bad for her. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there's only reasons to feel bad for her in this episode. Are we supposed to think that Alcar didn't want to cruise on the Enterprise because of his crazy mom situation? I mean, that's the feeling I got, but then it's like, but um, then he wouldn't have run into Troy, and who would he be channeling all of his negative emotions into? Like, would his mom just have lived the whole time if he'd stayed on the transport like he wanted to? Like, what was his plan in that scenario if there wasn't an empath on the transport? Yeah, I don't know. But also, do you think he knew Picard was going to invite himself onto the team and, like... (laughs) Now he's got to run ideas past this naval captain for some reason. <laughs> that's right. The captain of this fucking missile cruiser has got a lot to say. Maybe that's why he didn't really want to go through with this. Yeah, well, he knows what they're like. Yeah. Now we all know. Now we all know if you're ever in a room with a missile cruiser captain, you're going to understand how to deal with them. Just last week, Matthew, we established the convention that O'Brien, because he's the transporter chief, wears one black pip. This week, mm. they give the transporter chief a gold one. They just like, <laughs> just they just did it just so that when Barkley gave him orders, no one would be like, eh, it doesn't. But O'Brien has two gold pips. And this <laughs> guy's got a gold one and a black one. That's right. Yeah, they just forgot about it already, already just immediately. <laughs> yep. Um, Beverly <clears throat> definitely knows how to kill a person medically. Uh, she yeah. doesn't take even a beat to think about it before landing on Delamadon. She knows exactly how to kill people so softly with her song. If she'd said to Riker, I'll use Delamadon and pulled a hypospray out of her pocket, <laughs> it would have been almost the same. Just like was slowly inching toward Troy's neck. <laughs> um, Worf just stands there and watches Alcar die <laughs> and then reports to Picard with a tone of voice like mission accomplished. That's right. I do feel like we missed a scene where Picard took him aside and gave him special orders. You know, this guy can't ever get back, right? He can't yeah. ever get back to his planet. <clears throat> and then, um, not only does this blonde guy have to see Troy all over the ship, mm. but she's going to do his performance review tomorrow. It's not good, man. What are the odds she's all over this and she and Riker give him a fair shake? Yeah, that guy's got to be, they've got to be recused from his, but they're not gonna. They're not gonna, and he's, he's fucking, he's never gonna know how this has affected his career. Like, he spent an extra 15 minutes on his skincare routine this month, and now he's getting transferred to the Argus Array or something. (laughs) Um, Also, I hope Troy is... Uh, very cool in Ensign Janeway's next session after, you know, Lieutenant Pinder orders her to clean the latrines or something else way outside of his purview and she feels like she has to report this one. I was telling Marjan, is she going to have another session with this lady where she apologizes profusely and explains that a magic rock made her do it? It's a very good question. That she wasn't in her right mind because of the rocks. There's probably a follow-up with Beverly, right? 
who we now learn has a bunch of counseling <laughs> sessions on her calendar where she's yeah. got career counseling with Ensign Janeway and she's got to be like, okay, so <laughs> medically I cannot tell you this, but Counselor Troy was not herself. <laughs> and I'm going to helpfully set you up with a follow-up session with our other counselor, Guinan. That's right. And I think you're going to really like her a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm very sorry about your negative experience. Okay, so theory corner. <clears throat> Riker's a little slow to pick up on what's going on here. Okay. But in season one, the very first time we meet Loxana Troy, he and he and uh, Deanna sit Picard down to say, listen. Yeah. Listen. Here's something, something you gotta know. You gotta know. Yeah. <laughs> Beta Z ladies, their menopause is insane. And they Crazy. get crazy horny and they have no boundaries yeah does Riker think Troy's just hitting it a little early <laughs> is Riker like I thought I had about 10 more years yeah where I could control her with my yeah manipulative yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking bullshit yeah, yeah. but oh she's turning into her mom early and maybe yeah. that's because she's half betazoid or whatever and the reason that he gives her so much leeway and doesn't say shit like hey, you're acting like a crazy person, mm-hmm. is because he thinks she's going through menopause and he doesn't want to bring it up. I wonder. I, w- I wonder if maybe it, when he pulls her aside and he's having the big talk with her, if that was enough, if he had enough ammo to be indelicate, which we know he doesn't like to be. And ask her <laughs> I if don't it's, want to and be ask indelicate. Her, ask her if it's menopause. Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, at that point, she'd made a real scene. Intend forward with a diplo- with a high-ranking diplomat uh-huh. of some kind. I feel like that would have been a good time to say, hey, listen, man, uh, you look, this might sound shitty, but, like, is this the menopause? Hey, I gotta know. Is this the phase or whatever it's, we were calling it? If it's it not, it's mom? not, but, like, I gotta know. I gotta know. Yeah. But, like, she's gonna say, no, it's not. What are you talking about? No, it's not. And then he's gonna be like, I still don't know if it is. <laughs> That's right. This didn't help me. This is not helpful. I'm gonna have to... I'm going to have to have a talk with Beverly, I guess. I'm going to tell Beverly uh, Troy's been acting suspicious. That'll play into some other thing Beverly's worried about. She'll wor- Eventually, she'll get around. She'll make I'll the full scan apart, but she'll get around to it. Yeah. She'll check you. She'll, she is going to want to do a full scan of your brain. <laughs> Just like she did to O'Brien. Poor O'Brien. Uh, anyway, so that's my theory. Maybe he's a little slow this week because he knows this be. is coming for her. Could be, I mean, I don't know how old she's supposed to be again. She's like in her, is she like in her late 20s when the show starts? It is a, it is an or important and unanswered question. I don't know. How old she is, how old Loxana Troy is supposed to be. Of course, it feels only like this five be, years have passed. So it feels like this would be pretty early. Yeah. But yeah, maybe. But it's been a tough five years for this cast. <laughs> oh yeah, it's been tough for Everybody looks board. 10 years older, despite it only being five years later somehow. <laughs> it's true. Everyone looks pretty right. Except for Patrick Stewart, it looks the same. Yeah. Yeah. Best actor, uh, Beverly, I guess. And uh, worst actor, pick any member of Alcar's delegation. Uh, yeah, for sure. They didn't pick them because of their great acting. No. They picked them because they were willing to get a, a big uh, hand stamp for readmission on their head. <laughs> to get that Gorbachev all over them, man. Oh, boy. Okay, well, did we did it? We, that's yeah, done? we did it. We're done with week 128. Oof. Last place this week. Uh, TNG man of the people 15 points yeah I mean we know um, it's not the, the worst way, one ever because Times Arrow wasn't 14 
Yeah, exactly. Until time, until time zero part two, fifteen was the worst score ever. Which uh, was power play, which won the week. Ever issued. Well, power play and in theory. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So power play won did. that week in a de- in a devastating way. Yep. That was a real three three nothing overtime win that yeah. they accomplished there. Um, but yeah, don't forget in theory and now man of the people have also notched fifteens. Uh, actually, if you uh, if you do look at the scores at the ranked scores for TNG, which is how I've currently got the rankings tab okay. sorted, there, yeah, yeah, a lot of those are recent. I mean, we knew this. Cost it was Marjan who said this wasn't the case. Imaginary friend, in in theory, is not that <laughs> recent, but like, yeah, man of the. It's kind of bearing it out, too. like uh, what I already believed to be true, which is that the show gets worse as it goes along. And honestly, if you look at the the rest of the episodes that are not ranked, are just their week order, and uh, it ain't a good look. There's a lot I of know. Look at these. Up. I mean, <coughs> what's going to be a good one? Relics might be about something, so it might get points. Yeah, I we'll don't see. Know. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, uh, we got chains of commands not too far out, so could yeah could be something that could be the. I mean, it's got David Warner in it at least. But you're not wrong, man. The vast majority of these, uh, I'm cringing a little bit about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, second place this week was Voyager Pathfinder. Not a good they one. Scored seventeen points. Mm-hmm. It was your last place pick this week. Yep, yep. I gave it an eight. You gave it a nine. I doubled you up on Man of the People, and it was almost all from take. And um, I'm just checking. I don't know if I don't know if I've ever given fewer points to a TNG. I gave five to Cost of Living as well. So which one was Cost of Living? Cost of Living is uh. It's right. It's in between the first duty and the perfect mate. Uh, cost of living. Oh, it's an Alexander. Oh, it's the fucking. Oh, the it's the higher the fewer. And, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I gave this episode this week as many points as I gave that one, and I think that's the lowest I've ever given a TNG episode. Um. Well, that means the winner this week is Deep Space Nine: Sacrifice of Angels with a thirty-three. You know, yeah, fine. It is whatever. what it is. Uh, that's their 46th win now, so they're back to within six of the next generation. And as we have said many times, TNG is going to have put up some weak shots going forward. Yep. Yep. So Deep Space Nine behind. Shot. But, you know, there's only so many take me out to the hollow suites coming up. I mean, there might be one next week. Oh, you were cordially invited? Well, let's yeah, talk we'll, about what we're we'll going to watch into next it. week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for TNG, we're watching Relics, the return of montgomery scott yeah obviously just uh hey remember old star trek hey we we're gonna get to see a got uh, the fifth most important guy from that show <laughs> we're gonna see one of our uh one of our favorite characters frustrated Jordy. <laughs> that's right that's true and he'll have to like learn something yeah, Jordy learned yeah, something. Yeah. Jordy's going to learn something next This week. is exciting actually maybe this will be pointsy even though it's going to be such an obvious grab from yeah. the creators of this show. For uh, I thought people. you were going to say our favorite character, Hit on the Head Scotty. Well, Hit on the Head Scotty. <laughs> yeah. You I know he wanged it. his head during that whole USS Janola <laughs> bullshit thing that happened. And now he hates women again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. We're going to watch You Are Cordially Invited. Dax yeah. and Worf get married. Just what everyone wanted. But everyone was looking forward to. And I will be describing an episode of Voyager <laughs> yes, called... Yes, yes, 
Fairhaven. Yeah, I only got Pathfinder. I only got the Barkley one. You get the one that's uh, well, about a fucking you get village. Blink of an eye. Well, I already know which one that is. It's mainly just dumb. But then I have to do virtuoso. Thank goodness that definitely sounds like the doctor or some but bullshit. But then you get something called memorial. That's not so bad, but you get the rock. But then I get Tsukatsu, <sighs> which is the rock. That's the rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, I get spirit folk. I, think, I, I think that's that I, dude. I that. think that's back in Fairhaven. Oh, I think you get bitch. both Fairhavens. God damn it. Uh, I'll get one called Child's Play. Thank I hate God. The sound of that. Yeah, that could be the Wildman baby. Oh, son of a bitch. I get Live Fast and Prosper. <laughs> Dude, you get all the good ones. Something just called Fury. Uh, then you Fury. get The Haunting, the Haunting of, Dick, of 12. Dick 12. Yours looks so much worse. Uh, Unimatrix Zero Part 2. Oh, good. You get the plot wrap up. That's Drive. Good. Fuck me. Oh, yeah. Something called critical care. Something called body and soul. Something called uh-huh. flesh and blood. Body and soul, flesh and blood. I love it. Something called lineage. Prophecy. Something called prophecy. And workforce part one. Yeah. Human, error. Human error. Author, author. Author, author. author. Yeah, natural law. Oh, Renaissance man. You get all the worst ones. Oh, you got to do the finale, though. Uh, I will have to I'll talk until I'm hoarse, I'm sure, but. Oh man, God yours do it. seem way worse. It does seem I love like I, this. It does seem like I got the bad ones. Not wow. that I think you're going to enjoy doing Q2. No, no. I mean, there are some bad ones in here for yeah. sure. They're all bad. It's Voyager, but um, but the names of yours seem especially putrid. Yeah. Well, that's what you should watch: Relics, You're Cordially Invited, and Fairhaven. Mm. I mean, do we have to? Yeah, this would be a great place to stop this project. <laughs> 128 weeks in. All right, um, fine. Uh, mail. If you send us mail, we'll read it. We proved uh, that we'll read it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be on Twitter. You can either f- get on Mastodon and add us, or yeah, you can just send, me, you just send us an email. We'll, we'll read emails. Yeah, we read emails. Um, I don't know. Can you leave comments on the website? Is that possible? No, it doesn't really have comment functionality, so uh, okay. don't try. All right, don't try to. Yeah, don't break the website trying yeah. to leave a comment. Yeah, don't break my website, please. Uh, all right, yeah. So that's at Brother Date on the Twitter machine, brothers at brotherdate.com for email. Uh, uh, brotherdate dot ten forward dot social. At brotherdate at ten forward dot social. Shit, really two ads? Yeah. <sighs> that's Mastodon. Um. As you believe. So so shall you do. <laughs> so shall you do as you as believe. believe. So, so shall, shall you, you do. do. We'll get it figured out in 129. She's like, but don't you want to link? And he's like, I very much do. Thank you. And then they link and he's like, whatever you say, boss. You're in charge of me now. And she's like, we should make the human slaves. Subscribe.